I haven't seen you since the play. Yahoo! Make the Green Lantern fight Captain Marvel if you really want it and do it. You know, like it doesn't Captain matter. I'm just gonna drag that ass. But go ahead. <laughs> What'd you just say, Caleb? <laughs> I said Captain Marvel's gonna drag that ass, but no, that's fine. Truly, 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 truly. Oh true. yeah, there's Green Lantern no is fucking sauce. Except I am yeah, and, actually as... enjoying far. Unless so Green, unless Hal Jordan can adequately imagine something that keeps him from dying. He's going to die. <laughs> yeah. I want... Okay, if we're going to have Captain Marvel fight a Green Lantern, I want it to be Guy Gardner, the motherfucker with a uh, ginger bowl cut. Uh, just the biggest <laughs> piece of shit in the whole Such universe. He rules. He's the best guy. <laughs> I love him so much. This absolute piece of shit. No, and, and I just John want... I just, so we can get Idris Elba in a black and green superhero suit. Oh, I mean, that sounds God. cool. I'm speaking specifically in the context <laughs> of the tar getting whipped out of a man. I'm talking in terms of just watching a man get his ass beat. And it should be played by fucking Paul Dano. And just, <laughs> he just, just the absolute tar beat out of this asshole all across the galaxy. He's ping-ponging off of planets. He's just fucking woo. Uh, that is the movie that I would like to yeah, see. Okay, so did chef. we miss Chef Talk? So is there chef. still time no, we got it. We should, we, should, we should do a little okay. bit of Chef Talk, and then we can get into what this show is actually about. I Just mean, a little bit been, of Chef Talk. It only makes sense that we've spent an hour talking about other things while we're trying to get back from our hiatus. From only here. 37 right. minutes. Only 37. We so, still have 23 minutes to talk about Chef And I'm going to cut out a lot of, like, 15-ish minutes of just Marvel Talk at the front. Yeah, uh, because that's just I correct. must keep that to a I was worried what volume. this podcast would be about after Community was finished, and now... Now I realize I have nothing to worry about. Please go. It could be about anything. It could be literally about anything. Literally anything. anything. So the only... uh, It has been almost 13 years since the original Iron Man. And the only Jon Favreau directorial effort that that is not owned by the Walt Disney Corporation in those intervening 13 years. Because you got Iron Man, you got Iron Man 2... You got the Jungle Book. You got the Lion King. You got some Mando in there. The only proper, the only piece that he has produced in the last 13 years that is not owned by Disney is a uh, modestly budgeted 2014 food-based dramedy called Chef, uh, wherein (laughs) Jon Favreau plays the titular chef in the movie Chef. Um, and, uh, it, it is, uh... He's a the... dad chef! Hey, he did Cowboys, He's a dad and... Chef? He did Cowboys and Aliens. He did Cowboys and Aliens? <laughs> yeah. Wait, what? I forgot that movie existed. He directed Cowboys... directed oh, Cowboys John. and Aliens, yes. And that was after Iron Man Iron 1? Man was 2008, Iron Man 2 was 2010, Cowboys and Aliens was 2011. So was that... Did wow. someone, like... No wonder he crawled back to the mouse. Like, I mean, shit, why not? Or did he, like, really want to <laughs> make a Cowboys vs. Aliens movie? Because that's just confusing to me. I think it's based off of a book, so... It's a comic book, yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, my God. Uh, and he uh, anyway, this one. Yeah. No, no wonder he went crawling back to the mouse. Uh, but he, <laughs> in, so he makes hey, Chef, Paul Dano's which in that is, 
uh, in Cowboys and Aliens. Yeah, he is. God, I hope Daniel Craig just whips the fucking tar out of him. I would at be some okay point. if Clancy Brown beats the shit out of him. Or yeah, Harrison Ford. That or uh, could be could be anybody. Harrison Ford's um, good. But anyway, people. I like it. I love Paul Dano. I want that on the record. But like, it's just so satisfying to watch him just get the He's so punchable. Like in There Will Be Blood, where Daniel Day Lewis is just like dragging him through oil and just like smearing his fucking face in it. You're like, yeah, yeah, get him. This is very good. Yes, this is what I like to see. Great movie. Yeah. On many levels, but on a Paul Dano getting the shit beat out of him level. Excellent. But Chef. So. Chef. But Chef. The, a movie that I that is the most self-referential movie oh, yeah. that I have ever seen. And I have seen almost every Kevin Smith movie. I've seen Fellini's Eight and a Half. I've seen many Orson Welles pictures. And this is the most self-referential movie I have ever seen. It's hilarious the degree to which this movie is Jon Favreau making a movie about Jon Favreau. It's fucking exquisite. Yeah, it's so <laughs> wild. When um, I watched it, I didn't catch any of that simply because I, you know, uh, just, I mean, I knew who Jon Favreau was vaguely, but I like, I didn't really know him or his work. Like I didn't know mm-hmm. his background. I just came into this movie as someone who loves food and has worked around food and like has people in the food industry as like some of my closest friends like I was like, oh, this is a great movie about food. This is really fun. This is really endearing. Uh, it gets me jazzed about food in a really cool way. Um, and then when Kevin, the first time I heard you talking about it, you were like, just change any time they say food to movies, and you've got a different. And, and it's exactly about John Favreau, right? And I'm because John Favreau angry. plays <laughs> plays a chef whose name is inconsequential. His name is John Favreau, chef. And <laughs> and John Favreau was a hot shot indie chef who made a big splash with some of his food in the 90s. He then (laughs) sold out to a restaurant to have a steady food gig uh, that he wants to break out of desperately, despite how secure it is. And he goes off and makes his indie food (laughs) featuring all of his famous friends that one i didn't have an an analog for it just stars a lot of his famous friends including the plot that he his ex-wife is sofia vergara and he's a fucking scarlett johansson if anything else to tell you that this movie is the greatest masturbation session in the history of cinema it is that john favreau back up and i like it it's a good movie coming in hot Joseph Gordon-Levitt's made Don John. And if you want to say that Chef is the biggest masturbatory directorial... Joseph Gordon-Levitt did that for his debut. (laughs) And he doesn't just fuck Scarlett Johansson. He's so bad at it, he has to get taught by an older and hotter uh, fucking... Uh, Julianne Moore. Julianne Moore. (laughs) Um, but But that is... Not as masturbational, because that movie is about how Joseph Gordon-Levitt cannot stop jerking off long enough to fuck Scarlett Johansson good. So it's, 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 a, it's an interesting piece. I can't believe that um, movie was ever fucking made. I've never seen it. I've heard of it. I've seen clips. And every time I see this, I'm like, who fucking greenlit this piece of monstrosity? My like, money, my girls, did. my car, my he gym, did. my because boys, my porn. My porn, my money, my job. 
That's how all the Joseph Gordon-Levitt did, Jace, because oh, he was fucking God. loaded because it's he was in dis- Third Rock from the Sun. Disgusting. I mean, and but here's the thing: he when it comes to Chef, though, it's really funny. Massive Nolans. You look at the movies that Jon Favreau has made. Like you said, Kevin, he really didn't do much of anything. But I feel like he went. I just. I mean, he he made Chef, and he was like, I can die happy. I can go back to the mouse now and just do whatever. I, I, I made, made chef, my little and that's chef my... picture. Well, so there's so a couple of interesting like things. Budget, like... There's a couple of interesting things that are like buried in that movie that like are also not just him like making his thing and being like, oh, finally. It's also like he's he's I think he's aware that like he's obviously he's aware he's making a movie that's an allegory to his life, but he's also aware that like by the end of that movie, like there's a moment where they realize, like, this is just kind of the thing. And, like, it's not going to make a ton of money. It's going to make some money. It's going to be hard work forever. And then the critic who panned him, who is the, you know, allegory for, like, the thing that made him the most angry about being big budget, comes back and goes, I don't want to tell you what to do anymore. I want to put my money behind you and let you go. And then the, the John Favreau, that's the result of that, in Chef, makes a restaurant that's obviously wildly popular and he's happy the, the jean favreau that is the result of that in the real world is the jean favreau that said cool let me make star wars for you and they went okay and he's been shouldering that burden perfectly for the last four the, the, the food critic who was like i backed you in the 90s the food 90s and you've disappointed me with your film iron man 2 i mean your current menu You've disappointed me, and Kevin. but I'm going to show up at your food truck and bankroll a new restaurant because that's how much you mean to me. A food, food critic. <laughs> this is the greatest film of all time. Chef rules. Chef um, fucking rules. I love, okay, so like my favorite movies are weird because they're like mostly either legitimate, like basically non-fic biops or biops, <laughs> biopics. Or this, uh, like Social Network is up there because fucking again, Sorkin. Take a drink. Mm. Audience, yeah. take a drink. Take a drink. Yeah. <laughs> Caleb yeah. mentioned a Sorkin, so take a drink. Fincher and, Fincher and Sorkin work for me, uh, but also like there's a moment. There was a moment the first time I watched Chef where I was like, something's got to go wrong because that's how movies work. And I realized like 20 minutes later, like, oh no, this is, it's not. This is this movie is gonna not make gonna you go feel wrong. good as fuck the whole time, uh, and it rocks. I it's love it. 100%. Really, it's really lovely. It's it's great, and it uh, it also I just I just love the way that they talk about food. And I know that Kevin, you're saying it's a heavy-handed metaphor for movies, but literally going in without that lens, it for reads. Sure. It's a it's the reason why it works is because the metaphor works so well. It's because well, you can yeah. look at it. And I love like, it's, it's also because stuff. it's not it's also yeah. because it's not just a metaphor like. All of the the opening shots and any shots you see of like John Favreau cutting really fucking fast, and you're like, that's a hand model. Obviously, it's not. It's, it's him. him. He yeah, learned no, all that shit yeah. because like exactly because like it's partially metaphor, but also John Favreau really fucking likes food. And if you haven't, do yourself a favor and watch the Chef Show on Netflix. It's just yeah. him making food with his buddy. The guy who trained him how to cook better. better. And he brings his famous friends to. And taste he brings the food. yeah, it's so good. It's so good. <laughs> You can tell the John Favreau's in this like, in this groove in life where he's like, I'm making Star Wars and no one's telling me what to do because they're afraid if they do, they'll fuck it up. And I'm making food with my friends and I'm inviting my friends to eat food that I make with my friends. Dude, what a I'm life, just... right? You know, like just living like that. Wow. What a life. Yeah. <laughs> it... 
Hi. Um, good day. <laughs> like, why did you just move to Australia? <laughs> no idea. Good day, yeah. mate. Um, but it sounds good. Right. If this movie were about like a director, it would be the most insufferable movie of all time. But they, they made it food and they lean into the food part. Right. And so I love kitchen yep. stuff. I think cinema does kitchen stuff really cool. You know, like uh, Big Night or like Bradley Cooper was on that show where he played Anthony Bourdain, Dude, Kitchen this is Confidential. So Literally the way, because also, I mean, I, I can't, we can't bring up Chef and I without me thinking of uh, Babish on YouTube, right? The Babish, Babish. universe. And which is so funny because like, that that's exactly i mean he literally had john favreau on his show and he like has like a tattoo right. like he literally has the fork the the two-pronged fork that they used in the movie he owns it john favreau gave it to him like be, that rules it's so cool but like just yeah Holy i think sh- what you're speaking on is so wild because like the role of food in movies is so massive and like Food photography and food film is such a big deal. It's such a specific thing that it's a really exciting crossover. Fuck me for not realizing Kitchen Confidential is just the name of an Anthony Bourdain book. And that of was... an Anthony Bourdain book. Fuck! I need to rewatch yeah, that. Yeah, and Bradley Bourdain Cooper played rules. Dude, Bourdain <laughs> is Anthony the Bourdain. fucking guy. Yeah, he was, that's he's a, the dude. What a fucking... He's yeah, like, I want guy. people to be less afraid of other people. So, food. And it's just like, ah. Oh. Ah, oh. oh, you got me. That is, I do like food. <laughs> Damn it, worked. Uh, and then, and then, and then, Bradley Cooper played another chef later. <laughs> and Burnt. Yeah. Uh, Which that movie? Oh is, yeah. That movie's average as fuck, but it's got. Um, you can't prove to me that Burnt is a movie that exists. You can't prove. It's that. got, it's got Daniel Brühl in it. It's got Daniel Brühl in it, so it's perfect. It's perfect. A lot of movies have Daniel Brühl. You can't prove that. Okey um, <laughs> dokey. <laughs> so uh anyway uh chef's cool the the only there's there's one misstep in the movie Uh-oh. that uh i mean okay you know chef uh, you know a gentleman's 6.5 7 out of 10 just like the nicest little movie you've you've ever seen but because i, I ended up watching it in two chunks i essentially had like one day i watched one hour and then the next day we watched the second hour and There was this idea in the first hour of the movie because Sofia Vergara is on such good terms with her ex-husband, John Favreau, and they, like, share custody. (laughs) They divorced. It didn't work out, but they have such a nice relationship. And then John Favreau goes to go visit Robert Downey Jr., (laughs) who is is Sofia Vergara's other ex that she's also on good terms with. And I was like, what a fascinating character. This character who just, like, is on great terms with all of their exes. Like, it didn't work out, but just, like, she maintains these relationships. What, like, an interesting character. And then in the second half of the movie, no, she gets back with Jon Favreau, which was, like, fine, but after sitting with it for a day, I was like, this is... I've never seen a character like this before. Is that a this, bad like, non-contentious divorce. I think it's... It's not a bad ending. No, I think that's the what happens when celebrities write about their relationships. Because celebrity relationships yeah. are all fucking weird. And like, okay, uh, yeah, yeah. Right, Demi this. Moore and Bruce Willis broke up, but she's hanging out with Ashton Kutcher, and they're all three on a boat together, Meanwhile, just Ash- the three wait, of them. I didn't, right, I didn't exactly. realize that Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis are together again, but like for real, for real. Oh, are right. they? I don't know. They made According a freaking... to the Super Bowl ad, they are. <laughs> no, but apparently that's like been a thing for a minute. Like yeah, they're sure. together. Sure. That sounds nice. It's just wild, just wild. Good for them. Yeah, and and uh, and Cal Drogo, um, Jason Momoa is married to uh, Lisa Bonet. Lisa Bonet, <laughs> which makes no fucking sense. Uh, uh, makes perfect sense to me, Don. Uh, Have fuck. you seen them? Uh, what's the name? What was who was who was Lisa Bonet 
married to before. Uh, Lenny Kravitz. Oh. Lenny Kravitz's ex. And apparently, Lenny and Lisa and Jason Momoa hang out all the time, too. So, like... That sounds great. Chef is just how celebrities have relationships. It's yeah, like, you want to so. fuck for a couple of years? Cool, we'll fuck for a couple of years. Do you want to fuck my friend for a couple of years? We'll all hang out together. It'll be fine. Y'all have clearly shit. not spent that much time with actors, have you? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a good point, too. <laughs> not in a minute. I mean, this does... I, I, the more you talk about this, I'm like, oh, I, I know these people. <laughs> I know these people. You know Lisa Bonet? It's why when Will Smith was like, yeah, me and Margot Robbie had a thing after Jada Pinkett was like, me and this dude had a thing. And people were like, they're going to divorce. I was like, no, they won't. No, they're not. It's just normal shit. It's just, remember that one time we were away from each other for a really long time? Yeah, we fucked. Cool. Yeah, I was about to say, it was like, oh, Will Smith and Margot Robbie hung out for five months. (laughs) And didn't? I mean, you want to tell me they didn't fuck? Right. I assume, I, okay, here's how fucked up my brain is. I was like, right, during the production of Focus, the movie starring Will Smith and Margot Robbie, not Suicide Suicide Squad. (laughs) That is not where my brain went first. They fucked during Suicide Squad because nothing else interesting was happening. But also, I mean, look at If we're talking Suicide Squad, we're talking like. We're talking like 13 months between the two times they shot Suicide Squad, right? The like oh the, when they started over <laughs> from, from the beginning. Well, uh, it didn't yeah. help. No, it didn't help. Also, uh, but I am interested in, in the Suicide Squad. Yeah, yeah. I am actually I am looking well. forward to that one. I, I, I'm I, sure I'll get burned yet again, but I am looking forward to the. It's James Gunn. It's James Gunn. It'll, it'll, be it'll be better. It'll be I'm fine. Hoping, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. I, that's what I'm hoping for. Also, James the last Gunn makes thing... good movies so far, a hundred percent of the time. Yeah, so far he's perfect. Accuracy, but I mean, you know, Warner Brothers. Uh, just the, it's it's a little cursed. Cursed. There's still time. Hopefully, Warner There's Brothers still... learned their lesson and went, "Oh, maybe we don't know what's best." Yeah, <laughs> but maybe that we sounds stack wildly out of character. Directors want to do just. I was. I would say the gun cut. I would say that that would be <laughs> totally believe... exactly, <laughs> exactly. I would say I'm I starting that campaign now before said. the movies even. <laughs> the movies even come out. I would say I believe what I just said, except I do know that they let Zack Snyder convince them to make a four-hour director's cut of a movie that was bad. So, like... They've shot that movie three times, and not one of them will be good. They've made that whole ass movie three times, and not a one is good. I'd also like to say, Zack Snyder did not convince Warner Brothers to do it. The fans did. We are in a very a bunch strange of time of fan service central, which I, not to not to segue into the actual topic of discussion. But what I've realized, it's a pretty good segue, I would say, is actually. the amount of fan service that they just launch at you to get season four started off of community is pretty impressive. It's a it's a it's know, a frankly impressive. fascinating topic of conversation. And... <laughs> impressive, by the way, I don't mean as positive or negative. I mean it objectively impressive. Like it's like, it's, oh, you did a lot of that. It's so impressive. It's oppressive, and uh, we will because uh, this is of course. Wait, wait. Advanced community studies. Nope. Oh, okay. The last the last thing I say about chef. The last thing I say about chef. It is, it it also is still has, chef talk. It also has going for it. America's favorite uncle, John Leguizamo. Go on. Uh, I was going to say Bobby Cannavale, but I think both uh, qualify. Um, Anyway, 
this is, of course, Advanced Community Studies, a podcast where we uh, take a look at uh, the American <laughs> television comedy community one or two episodes at a time. Uh, I uh, Oh, we are also the premier podcast of the Yahoo Screen Podcasting oh Network. Yeah. <laughs> Wow, that's been a it's minute. It's been like five weeks. I like <laughs> literally don't even remember how to do this. Uh, but I am one of your hosts, TV's Kevin Lanigan. Uh, yes, my name is Kevin, and I have Changnesia. Oh my god. Hey, what's up, everybody? How you doing? My name is Jace. I use they, them pronouns. And you know what? I, I, I'm fine. I'm fine. F-Y-N-E. I'm fine. <laughs> and I'm the daddy host, who's a daddy once more, with a cute one-month-old sack of skin and bones and when he pukes on me i say no sweat boba fett that is uh adorable. uh but uh yes uh everyone welcome back to our regularly scheduled community coverage uh i, I think we are cruising right here through the last three seasons wow. of community um no <laughs> stoppage in sight um and let's let's uh before we get into the episodes proper i want to talk a little bit with y'all about just like what the journey we're about to go on right like a season four primer if you will yeah okay so the uh for anyone who has listened to this much of a community podcast and doesn't know somehow uh <laughs> after season three Sony fires Dan Harmon, the the creator and showrunner of Community and Rick and Morty, uh, script doctor on Doctor Strange, etc., etc. And um, so he is fired, and they bring in uh, two guys, David Goraskio and Moses Port, uh, who at the time were writers and producers on the show Happy Endings, which is a good little show. It's on Hulu if you want to check it out. And they also had done a CW show in the early, early days of the CW called Aliens in wow. America. So, so they CW. bring CW. I didn't even remember that. Wow. When the when the WB w transforms into the CW, um, and it's like they haven't figured out that they are DC Comics, the television network. Um, so they <laughs> were like trying to make other shows with it's other kinds of premises. For Archie Comics. <laughs> Right, isn't, exactly. Isn't this they when they to... were still figuring out that they weren't freeform anymore. Uh, I mean, somewhere yeah. along the road, we got Jane the Virgin, which is exceptional. But like, Jane the Virgin, it's, it's great just, show, Crazy Ex Girlfriend, great, show. great show. But like, um, it it debuted with um a show that I like, and I'm the only person that I remembers it called Reaper. Uh, about the son of the devil, uh, and season two uh, featured uh, actual cannibal Army Hammer as a different I son of the not. devil. Uh, the devil's cannibal. Uh, Hold on. Are you not caught up, Caleb? <laughs> no, obviously oh, not. We can't do this right oh. now, Caleb. Go on Twitter. No. Yeah, I'm sorry. You go. You I do that research off mic. We simply cannot. This, this is not something um, we should bring to the podcast realm. That's a Caleb. That's I need you to close those tabs. Podcast. Close oh, those I'm doing tabs. It right now. Get the fuck out of here. Okay. Uh, well, anyway, so so season four of uh, Community had a different uh, people running it, but there were common writers, right? Like Megan Gans stuck around. Andy Bobro stuck around. Uh, Tristram Shapiro takes over for the Russo brothers as the primary director. He directs most of season four and most of season five as well. Sorry, I burped. Um, and this 
season, uh, colloquially referred to as the gas leak year, uh, which is coined in the season five premiere, um, <laughs> is uh, Dan Harmon, of course, comes back for season five after the response to season four. And after Joel McHale goes to NBC and says, put him back, <laughs> hire him again. Um, I mean, honestly, gas leak as a term is probably the simultaneously the laziest, easiest, and best retcon I've ever heard in my life. Right, and that it's it's not as if they keep nothing from this season, right? Because uh, like they keep Brie Larson, they keep uh, Annie they becoming a forensics major, they, they keep Britta's glasses. <laughs> uh, I they, they keep they keep. They keep several uh, uh, Pierce graduates. Like, there are elements that they keep. Um, and I actually don't think they overtly throw out anything, can I to tell my you, recollection. Can I tell you, not to get too far ahead of myself, can I tell you that since we did go on a little Witcher break before returning, when we came back and uh, the first thought I had upon rewatching uh, season four, episode one is, wait, Pierce isn't fucking dead yet? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> this dude ain't masturbated himself to death yet. <laughs> oh my god. Amanda was like, did, uh, my that's... wife was like, did they replace Chevy Chase? And I was like, no. Just, just no. Hold, hold tight. Yeah, I, the, the second thought I had was, oof, laugh track. <laughs> yeah. And hey, listen, there are great shows that have used a laugh track, but this is a corny ass laugh track That's i think intentionally so just like introduce it with that meta reality it's tricky because it's bold it's bold i i it's it's a bold swing to come out you of just the game know something soft because all of a sudden like aesthetically too it looks like you're watching like big bang theory and you're like what what happened wait a minute the study group <laughs> does not stand in this outfacing line in the study like this is not this is not how this goes. It's like your brain says it's wrong. And and there had also been, on, on NBC around this time, there had been a show that had been a multicam that had turned into a single-cam laugh track show and legitimately had kept that structure. What so show did that? It seemed... It was called Up All Night. Uh, Will Arnett and Christina Applegate Whoa. were raising Whoa. babies... And Maya Rudolph was the talk show host Whoa. that Christina Applegate worked for. The joke was that Will Arnett was the stay-at-home dad, and Christina Applegate had kept her job. Um, Why is and that, that show, funny? I don't understand. <laughs> listen, it's not. Um, but but that show had camera? been a multicam that then turned into a big Bang Theory type show with like a laugh track and a and a fake set and all that shit. Oh my God. Um, so it almost seemed like a possible scenario. It almost seemed like something that could happen, right? Um, so they come out of the gate, and some people like to say that this whole season is bad. Throw it in a trash can. I actually disagree. I also disagree. I mean, okay, it is the worst season of Community, right? But and I don't also, think there's as any. As we've said many times before, the worst episodes of Community are still episodes of Community. Like there's still right. Something... So I'm like. I don't know. Donald Glover's still here. You it's, know? <laughs> I literally, it's so wild because I'm, I'm watching these episodes. I'm going through it and right. And y'all already know that I am obsessed with Donald Glover and Danny Pudi, but like literally being like, I'm laughing just as hard as Donald Glover 
delivering his lines in these episodes as I do in some of the other episodes. Maybe not like continual laughter from like joke after joke after joke because it's just set up brilliantly, but like the stuff they give him is right. working. You can tell there's it's, it's a slightly quippier um vibe. It feels it has after. a different rhythm. It's a different rhythm. It's it it's it's like it's like someone trying just a little bit too hard to get some to get the same results. It doesn't feel laid back. Which is no, how the the feel. the one criticism you can't throw against it is that they didn't try. Right? I think they did every a damn good job on episode. They are trying and they are trying to make this appeal of like it's still the show. We get it. We're mm. going to try and make the show that you like. We're not throwing it all out, right? And I'm like, okay, you know, Jim Rash is still here. Donald, Danny, Gillian, Allison, they're all still funny. They're funny people. I like watching them on the TV. Yvette, they're funny people, and I like them on the TV show. It's hard to mess up with this cast. I think that's, like, the golden takeaway. This cast is just so damn good at what they do that, like, there's wiggle room, and it's still really solid. There's, there's, I mean, Jim Rash (laughs) has exceptional bits in these first episodes absolutely he's not really in the second one but like in this first episode there's some bits that he has that are just money and it's it's like wow (laughs) it's still jim uh it's still jim uh and and anyway just as like a primer before we talk about the gas leak gear i don't want this to be seven weeks of us just like hitting someone while they're down you know hitting this show that we love while it's in a bad spot because it's much more interesting to dissect, here's what works, here's what doesn't, here's where I could, like, see where this idea is coming from, even if I don't agree with its execution, you know, like, here here are the, the laid out pieces, and it's much more fun to dissect it as a cultural work, instead yeah. of just talking about a bad show and going, ha 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 ha, so bad. Do y'all want to hear know? something kind of wild? So, it. <laughs> believe it or not. Yeah, that that was a wild sound. Believe it or not, <laughs> believe you. it or not, season. Yeah, you're welcome. Believe it or not, season four, episode two, is the first bit of community. I didn't watch the whole episode. There was a clip of it that was on somewhere, and I know exactly what moment it was. Um, that made me go, wait, I want to watch this show. Was it things? No. But things is one of the greatest. <laughs> things is good. Things is so. I literally wrote it down things in my notes. Things is very good. We do some things. Th- Lots what? of things. Lots of things. Not all the things. 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 That's <laughs> so good. It's Sorry, so Jace. Go on. No, go on. But literally, the moment where it's actually it's in, it's in which, by the way, also those costumes, uh, the Calvin and Hobbes costume, it just brings me so much fucking joy. Um, Pretty cute. But. Uh, it's literally when Abed is in the uh, the uh, the control room for the security room, and is watching uh, Jeff and Britta talking about Jeff's daddy issues, and he just kind of <clears throat> he doesn't even he doesn't even break camera. There's there's it's just I remember seeing him go. I remember when this show was about a community college. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I remember watching that happen. Seeing that tiny clip and then going, I have to watch this show. That's what did it for me, which is so wow. bizarre because, like, I mean, it's especially for a season that's infamously, like, the one that, like, people feel the most complicated about. But genuinely, like, watching these episodes, 
right before we came on here as like a, just another rewatch to freshen up. Like I found my, there were numerous times I was like, that's actually a great bit. That's a great bit. That was really funny. Like I, I, I found myself being able to go, Oh, this definitely feels different, but I'm still thoroughly enjoying myself while watching this. The Halloween episode is maybe the best episode of the whole season. I think it's legitimately just very good. And that's also very likely. There's a couple jokes specifically for not a very high bar. Well, you know, it's a medium bar. It's a medium bar, right? Because there are (laughs) it's uh, the body (laughs) swap episode, the Thanksgiving episode, the uh, there's a few others. Oh, history of dance. There's a few that I'm like these are good and right. solid, and I like yeah. these these quite. A bit. I think for me, um, where you can tell, and just in general, this goes for so far with these first two episodes. Um, the clearest difference is actually how Jeff talks. Yeah, yeah. because Jeff pretty, is such it's a. Jarring. It's Jeff is such a Harmon analog. Yeah, Jeff is exactly. the Harmon character, and so you've right? Got and like that know their roles so well that probably are able to play with their dialogue a little bit and just bring what they're familiar with to the characters and make it work like they fit. There's a couple bits that you're like, this is like a slightly different tone, but it still it just feels like it's slightly different. But Jeff genuinely sounds like a different person. Like, there's a flow to it. Meanwhile, at the same time, you get a great line not to skip to episode two, but like, oh, Pierce, nobody's going to call you. Oh, nobody's going to call you, Pierce. And it's just, (laughs) I mean, I'm like, it's one of those things where it's like, not funny, but really fucking clever. You know, it's classic winger. Put the notch on the on the table. Yeah, scritchy, scritchy, scritchy. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anyway, daddy, daddy host has returned from his cannibal hole. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> it's yeah. funny because I uh, recently suggested uh, Army Hammer to play Scott Summers. Well, is Scott and... Summers a cannibal? Why is that funny? <laughs> no, I didn't well, know about but that. But pre-cannibal. Oh, God, pre-cannibal, yeah. I was pre-cannibal. like, he'd be a really good Cyclops. They're not casting. Yeah, I I, yeah, I agree. It's not bad. I just, I, I mean, I, I, we can't get into this. I, I have no idea who I would cast as, as Cyclops because I just like. Just I Henry have... Cavill, you absolute Cyclops shield. is tough. <laughs> Cyclops is tough. Army Hammer's, I mean, uh, despite, you know, eating human beings, is a little too charismatic. <laughs> or Alden Ehrenreich, the guy that played Han Solo and Solo. Yeah, no, that oh, one. That's you a good. That's a The guy from Hail Caesar. Yes, correct. Alden Ehrenreich. I like it. Um, but anyway, shall we get into the episodes proper for this evening yes. with season four, episode one, history 101, directed by Tristram Shapiro, written by Andy Bobro. Uh, in this episode, Jeff reveals that he only needs one more credit to graduate, uh, but the history class that they need to get into is full up. So Dean Craig Pelton begins the hunger deans a competition uh to complete for class registry um no uh, you know just to kick off this discussion uh yikers (laughs) it just feels like for these first two episodes it just feels like the people that were writing were like well shit we don't have a damn what are the things that like were tweeted the most and we'll it's, go with that. It, like Pierce's humor is only balls. It's like that's it. Right. The whole episode. right and and, and backstage like, knowledge Dean, tells it, me that uh, Chevy actually that was the last thing they did. They weren't planning on putting Pierce in the episode beyond like his one scene earlier. And then they're like, 
oh, we don't have Jeff collecting the balls, so let's bring in Chevy and come up with, like, a joke. Like, a running bit that he can do. Sure. And the answer is uh, gay balls. But anyway, you had a second thing. Uh, Yeah, the second one was that, like, the Dean juxtaposes his name into things, like Chang does, like, way too much. It's just, it feels forced. It feels like, okay. It's fan service. They leaned into Uh what they knew people liked to uh, just a very large extent. They were like, uh, because I think the other thing is when you're coming into these characters and they're not characters that you've been creating, right, that you've been a part of for now three seasons of successful TV, you have to then go, okay, what are the things we can quickly grab onto with these characters that will make the audience go, this is still that same character? And so they leaned really hard into bits versus character. Because yes. they were like, it's a funny show. They've got bits. These are the bits that they do. That's right. why literally and the he... first thing Troy and Abed do is they say, was it Troy and Abed? What, what do they say? They come in and they say, Troy, Troy and Abed back from summer, I think. Yeah. yeah, Troy and Abed back from summer. It's just like, okay, great. We know what's happening, you know? But it's so on the one hand, it's like smart on them, right? To kind of get back into it. On the, At the same time, we can tell. It feels like fan service. It feels, the word I'm going to use mm-hmm. is try hard this feels like someone that desperately wants you to like them uh something i have no experience with and um i was like and it feels like it feels like see see we we know and they put in like every running joke they put in like so much meta and the tryhardiest aspect of of it to me is honestly the hunger deans itself because community generally does not do super topical references it's not family guy right like the closest we get is abed dressing as batman one year after the dark knight comes out but right but they're right they're usually throwaway jokes that jeff has that have more to do with like pop culture people than they do with pop culture throwaway joke yeah right but it's like okay season two we had a secret garden episode like we you know like it's it's never the up to the minute we had old-fashioned claymation Christmas specials. Like, it was always... Classics. Star Wars. Um, yeah, things we had done. Westerns as a right. concept. Yeah. Like, things that are tried and true and done. Mm-hmm. This feels like SNL, where it's like, what's out this week? Hunger Games. All right, we need to do a Hunger Games bit. It's right? like, could it, you it, imagine... Could you imagine... Uh, actually, maybe I could. But I'm... <laughs> When you think of like Rick and Morty, most of the stuff that they, the shows that they riff off of or refer to in Rick and Morty are like movies that are at least a few years old that like if you refer to them, it's because there's a cultural place for them. It would be like watching an episode of Rick and Morty where they're like, and now we're going to do Tenet. And you'd be like, what? What? Why is Rick and Morty doing Tenet? Is it just because Tenet just came out? Yeah, like, why would they refer to that? They're doing Jurassic Park and Garfield. Right. (laughs) Community will do, like, a Waterworld homage. We'll do an homage to The Sting. You know, that's that's where we're at. To Seven later on. Right, exactly. Like, classic Fincher. Mm -hmm. And the Hunger Games thing just feels so... Look at me, look at me, look at me. It's topical. Also, Jeff punches Leonard right in the fucking face. Like, they make a joke about punch- the flood later. <laughs> he punches an 80-year-old man in the face. 
case. Also, the any that... Kim reference feels forced. It's like it, it makes no sense to have her there for like one second. But they're right. like, but like... any Kim, it'll be another thing for people to hold on to. So let's have Jeff rip her off of a Weird. thing that he could clearly outclimb her anyway for. It just right. And the, you know, it's it's bold to open up the show with this, like, fake laugh track sitcom. That's a bold move. I do like that they like, have a recast Pierce that really makes you go, wait, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> with with Fred Willard, who, like, is one of the funniest people of all time. Who could, who was up for the running for Pierce originally. Like, he was, he was one of the original ideas wow. uh, that they had. But, you know, Fred Willard comes in with some big Evan Peters as Pietro uh, energy here. And we devote so much of this opening time to this glasses bit that just, like, is a bad bit. That's another it, like, one of those moments where it's just super uncomfortably relevant to right now. Like... That was the time where everybody was taking their 3D glasses and popping out the lenses and wearing them around. This was like a high school thing. This was like the kids are like on Tumblr and being doofuses, right? And they decided, let's make this joke right now. And it does not hold up. <laughs> no. Because to the point super, where I was like, yeah. what even is the joke? I hadn't even considered the hipster. I like, clocked three... it immediately because I like that was yeah. something that I was like in the thick of. Like when I was in high school, it was like everybody was doing that for like a summer. I it was it was one of those stupid mm-hmm. things. I literally <laughs> I actually I I got when I, I was to go on a slight tangent, I literally I was the captain of my drumline in high school and I had Hell the, yeah. the snare line, I had all of them as a joke where those glasses in the stands and we got yelled at by the band director but i was a little shit and i didn't like him so what i did was i actually got took everybody's glasses and i put them on the snare drums so that the the drums were wearing these stupid glasses and he didn't know for like a week it was hysterical i i remember that happening but it's a very very niche pocket in time where that's a relevant joke and looking back at it now i'm like Nobody what what <laughs> what? what yeah and it and when it what? becomes the Greendale babies riff Ooh. it which is like a muppet babies joke which like okay that's not topical I'll give you that um but then it but then it becomes like okay you did the inception bit the exact wrong number of times yeah either the whole Abed TV should have been the fake sitcom and we really should have it should have been like we're gonna focus on Fred Willard Pierce in relation to Abed in the fake sitcom or they should have done it an additional time or they should have done it one or two more times yeah, right absolutely. like the like the dreamatorium episode really where it's like we're going into in this then yeah. we're going into this and and it it's the exact wrong number of times so it has no inception style twos never yeah exactly <laughs> Right, it's the exact wrong number of times. <laughs> and, and it just, it doesn't, lay, it's also like the all-time worst winger speech. It's just like a winger speech with no energy, no gumption. Because they've no, also got it existing within these, like, lenses. It's like, it's like... <laughs> and you can do that. They did it in the fake flashback episode, right? You can have it be piecemeal. But in the fake but, flashback, it's still him as Jeff Winger, right? They In this one, it's uh-huh. Jeff Winger as a baby, and then Jeff Winger as a sitcom character. And then it goes to Jeff Winger, and he's like, I literally didn't say anything, right? But, like, 
Right. It, just, it should be the fucking... Because you're doing an Inception joke, right? right? So it should be the triumphant moment where the song is playing on all timelines and they all eject out of each thing. But it just... They, Speaking it just also doesn't. toward that whole idea of, like, they should have done it one more time, it feels like what they did was, like, well, we're only going to two, do two layers so that the punchline, the big three, is going to be Jeff saying, I didn't say anything, I just got here. It super easily could have been baby speech, sitcom speech, and then, like, real-ish speech, right? And then have it end uh-huh. that way and have some sort of, like, have that be a kind of funny ending and then have the subversion of the trope, and then have him say, I didn't say anything. That would still be a positive use of the rule of three and just right. be different thing. The other the other missed opportunity for uh, rule of three is, and I missed it because I actually, I just wanted more of them, was in the sitcom version, they had those fake uh, ads for other shows on the network. Those fake... Bu- it, they did two! They only did it's two! Imagining. They're great, though. They're, what was it? It was, <laughs> it was it was Troy and Abed as American sword cooks. Sword, sword cooks? Rules. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'd watch that. And then there's Blind slash Blonde, which is Britta and Annie, but great. Annie is blind. <laughs> and, you're, and they're in, Good. like, scrubs or something, which only... Which, I mean, also, think about that. A hospital show with... What you can only assume they were implying is an idiot and someone that's blind. Sounds like a good show. I would watch the hell out of it. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for a third one. And, you know, and it's... And it doesn't come. It doesn't come. It doesn't come until the bumper... And up. then they have this... The episode ends with this, like, Yvette bit. Poor... Oh, no. event. <laughs> and it's you know so a little it's, it's a little really meta digging tells me that that was supposed to be a runner throughout the episode and all the setup got cut so it's just the punchline <laughs> Oh, God. It's Jesus just also gosh. like, oh, were they going to have that be like a character bit in the meta reality thing that they were doing? And like yeah, the- right. It was supposed to be in the sitcom reality. That was her, that was her like stereotypical yeah. catchphrase. But they cut every instance of it, so it's just a weird thing that happened. Just, that whole tag feels really weird to me. Like from like literally looking at that as like a like from like a gender perspective, we've got the classic '90s sitcom trope of oh the two boys want to go to this thing, so we're gonna dress up as women and try to fit in. And they are naturally, of course, there's no suspicion whatever that they're men really weird area to look at from especially the way that trans people have been represented in media like it's a really comp it's a really complicated topic of discussion sure. and so watching it it's just like okay i see uh-huh. what you're doing and then they have rid of <laughs> dean being like no uh uh-uh, no sir not you mister and she's like dean <laughs> i'm britta and that whole thing and then it's also just like it's just, it's a very, conf- and then I remember watching it, and I was like, why is he confused? And I'm like, is it because she's wearing a blazer? He, he knows who Britta is. He knows her! He's so fucking and, weird. And, and Britta is a very feminine person. Like, there, you know, like... respects. I mean, but like, yeah, I mean, sure. there's, there's very few things about the way Britta presents herself. Even when she yes. is wearing that suit top that are not to a certain extent, reliant on, like, hegemonic perspectives or gender roles. Like, she walks in, you're like, it's fucking Britta. Her character is based on shitty feminism. Like, it is directly linked to her being. (laughs) 
And for Dean to just be like, no, not you, sir. It's like, is this some like backhanded, really shitty lesbian joke you're trying to make? It just made me ask a lot of questions and not in the good way. You know what I mean? And then also, uh-huh. I can't help but feel like it just felt like reducing Yvette Nicole Brown to being, oh, no. I was like, I don't care what oh, anyone tells me. So this painful. feels racist. <laughs> it's it feels so painful. Feels I don't. I can't tell you. I how. forgot. I I blocked it from my memory. Like I was watching it. I I had I watched them tonight right before we recorded, and uh, it started to happen. And I was like, "This seems offensive." And then like, and then like Britta walks up, and I'm like, "This seems offensive." And then Shirley pops her head out, and I'm like, "Oh, oh this is- I hate this so much." <laughs> and I. And then they yeah. do the and I get that it's zoom all... in circle from Looney Tunes, which oh. why? <laughs> right. And I get that it's like I get what we're playing off of I cl- shitty sitcom I cl- tropes, but if you don't invert the trope, you're just doing it. It's it's one if thing you... to referential, it's another thing to make fun of the thing you're referring to. And it, if it, you don't like do anything to modify the trope. You're, you're not, not being ironically not satire. racist. You're just <laughs> being racist. <laughs> yeah. like, it's, it's and not that it's your... possible to be ironically racist, but you know what I mean? Like, it's equivalent to having a friend that. who's really bad at making jokes trying to make a racially borderline joke, and the whole time you're just like, you, right. you can't do this. You can't do this. It's like when guys make quote-unquote jokes and tell the woman, like, go into the kitchen and make me a sandwich. But I'm like, you're not. (laughs) You're just doing the sexist thing. You're just saying it It's when married men are like, I love my wife so much that if I call her a bitch, people will know I'm joking. And it's like, that's not how that works. (laughs) Oh, I call my wife a bitch all the time, but she calls me a bitch all the time. It's our effect. It's our it's our pet name for each other. That's different. I'm talking about like older, like married white men who are like who like they're like (laughs) their wife does something and they decide, oh, this will be a funny joke. I'm going to make fun of sexist people by pretending to be angry and calling my wife a bitch. It's like it's not it's not (laughs) it's not far enough removed from what's actually happening for it to be a joke on what's actually happening. (laughs) Exactly. You're still technically getting angry at your wife and calling her a bitch. Like it doesn't make anyone comfortable. Yeah, yeah, and then you just and then you just Oh, I was kidding. No, that's fucking no that's That's not very funny. You should probably That ain't how that do. That ain't that ain't how that go. Don't get all bent out of shape. I'm just joking. Fuck off, nerd. (laughs) Right. Um Yeah, absolutely. Uh, although, okay, can I say standout joke of the entire episode? Mm-hmm. Um, first off, thank God for Jim Rash, who is still very funny. <laughs> He's got the in best this jokes in this episode, for sure. Has the best jokes. The funniest thing in the fucking episode for me is after he says to Jeff that he smells like a movie theater floor, but not for the regular reasons. <laughs> when he pulls his keys out of his pocket and there's this rain of movie theater popcorn. So good. Mwah. Uh, I was kidding. A close Mwah. second is. Jim. It's pretty good. It's one of those bits. It only works because it's Jim, but hey, whatever. It's Jim. Jim sells it to me. Yep. <laughs> Jim, I, put it in my Amazon cart and press order. Can I uh, give you so. my favorite? It's not actually a joke, but it made me laugh <laughs> moment sure. of the first episode. Well, First of all, I never realized that you can actually see the bite marks in the balls. 
which is really funny. In every shot of the balls, ah. you can see them like suddenly, like like when it's in the cage, you can see the teeth, which is hilarious. Anyway, the thing that got me was there's this shot where <laughs> Troy is like, "Here, I got this. Let me try and get Abed out of his head." So he's like, "Everybody, hold hands," and he does that whole <clears throat> like that whole face thing where he's like trying really hard. Then they do this shot from above of them all holding hands, and you know someone. <laughs> they, <laughs> I think they went back and did that shot because it's very clear that someone forgot to put the red balls on the table because there's just six computer-generated red balls on the table. Oh. And you look at it, and it's like, why did you do that? You like, wh- <laughs> <laughs> Whose someone idea must, was this? Someone must have forgot oh. to dress the set for like continuity or something, and they were like, yeah, we'll just fix it in post. We got to move on. But there's just they're, – they're fake balls. Scroll through – I don't know if you're looking through it right now, but scroll through. It's toward the end of the episode, and I literally went, those balls are fake. Those are, why? Those ba- they had the balls. Why are those balls fake? <laughs> why are those balls I, fake? <laughs> why are those balls fake? Uh, Gay balls. <laughs> Gay balls. Uh, let's let's move on to uh, the second episode, shall we? Uh, season four, episode two. Uh, Paranormal Parentage, uh, directed by, again, Tristram Shapiro, written by Megan Gans. Uh, Because this season was supposed to originally air in October 2012 and ended up uh, in February uh, 2013, this (laughs) Halloween episode aired on Valentine's Day. Uh, I love that. And there's also this thing throughout this season where they have, like, the episodes are Firefly levels of out of order in their broadcast schedule. So there's, like, a bunch of shit that doesn't make sense from episode to episode, but it's whatever. It's fine. Uh, But they basically took every set of, like, four episodes and shook it up and seemingly dumped it out at random. Uh, But anyway... Uh, in this episode, uh, it's Halloween, and they go to Pierce's very real-looking mansion uh, and have a <laughs> Clue-slash-Scooby-Doo-style uh, journey around Pierce's mansion for reasons. <laughs> They're not, like, substantive enough that I, like, remember what they are. Uh, it's mostly just an excuse for these characters to hang out with no real, like, driving plot, which One is those, fine. It's, it's, uh, what is it? It's Pierce is just, like, mad at them for not inviting him to a party that's not right. theirs to invite him to. He's fake locked in a panic room, but we know it's fake locked right away but the rest so of the there's no like, like stop it he's not lying and then he's like so there's no lying. stakes like there's no urgency they right. just kind of leisurely walk from room to end. room uh but whatever there's a lot of funny jokes in this that made me laugh so i don't no, not too mad um standout joke in this episode for me is uh, when they discussed the date that Pierce built his panic room and it was the theatrical release date of Do the Right Thing. Troy's reaction is, oh! <laughs> oh. <laughs> which, is, which is one of my favorite community jokes of all time. That is such a fucking good joke. Uh, anyway, is this that's also, all, that's all this episode, is this also a reference, I don't remember the name of the movie, I'm sure it's probably something like Panic or something, but it's literally about the people that are locked in the panic room while there's the people that are the home intruders. Do you know what I'm talking panic about? Panic Room? David Fincher's Panic it's Room? Literally with Jodie Foster? More mm-hmm. than, it's that, that's the one. Yeah. <laughs> is this a reference okay. to that? If it is, it's a very Maybe. Little. It feels mostly like a Scooby-Doo or like a Clue. Um, but yeah. I, maybe there's some Panic Room in a, there. A, 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 like, a, a, like an issue I had with it is like, it seems like they were like, hey, let's make a reference to 
uh, our Darkest Timeline episode as well as the uh, Dungeons and Dragons episode and like zoom back and look at them moving through a map when there was no yeah. reason for them to they could have just as easily just jumped to a different part of the, the house. The geography of the mansion is not important. No. So there was no, no reason, reason to do that pull back. And, a map and the connection yes. to a board game wasn't strong enough for that to have been there if that's what they were going for i didn't oh get for that. it to be clue-esque mm. maybe that's what they were going for it was not a strong enough connection for me to make any sense of it but i don't think that detracted from it i did find it no. fun that we got a reference to the gnomes or the little trolls yeah the little that was gnomes. a cute little thing but i it did also at the same time while i did enjoy it it also felt um a little bit um like we've mentioned, try hard because they imply there's like one of them. There's like not a troll on it's yeah. It's like there's like troll where it's the one that would have been would have been the one that's remedial chaos theory, right? Yeah, but in remedial chaos theory, it, it almost seems like that's the only one, and he's giving it to um uh-huh. uh huh Troy because Troy to was Troy? freaked out literally whenever he saw it. But like, there's like nine of them. <laughs> there's like yeah, nine. and also. In, oh boy, uh, in Remedial Chaos Theory, the troll that burns up is in a darkest timeline. What happens to the troll in our timeline? Doesn't he keep it doesn't, some sort? Doesn't he keep it and not give it to Troy? It's just like, it's like just off. It's you know just what I'm, off, like you were just right. saying. It's like just It's one of those things that when you first see it, you're right. like, oh, that's a fun reference. And then if you think about it for more than two seconds, you go... Oh, well, why did they... Oh, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. Um, but uh, this one, I, you know, I hate to be a parody of myself, but the standouts uh, is the Britta-Jeff pairing in this episode for me. I just think they're throwing classic barbs back and forth. Uh, Jeff telling her to can it ham. Uh, and <laughs> is, uh, at, the same, at the same time, this is also when I mostly realized how different jeff sounded like it's a very clearly the same dynamic but you can tell he sounds different specifically in this episode i think it's also because like they're like we're gonna have him talk about his dad and he goes on these diatribes and it's like this is i mean but even those don't even feel that far off compared to his like sense of humor and his like snarkiness just feel slightly more try hard for a character that is like canonically too laid back you know like he doesn't try is his whole thing Yes. So it's, I mean, it's interesting. It's, there was, I don't know. There's a couple moments. I, I think this, uh, is, you brought it up earlier, Jason, that this episode, like a moment of it was the first time you were like, I need to watch this show. The more I think about <laughs> it, I've been in my head for a couple minutes, five and quiet. I think the first time I came across this show, I came across this episode too. Yeah. And I think it was wow. like, I think it was like the, the head and the hands coming through the the that was another thing that stuck with the me. wall yeah. and like just the weird shit that was going on i was like maybe this show's like this but it's weird because upon watching it tonight the whole time i was just like yeah yeah this stuff happens and that was I, it yeah like, i didn't have much attachment to it yeah i think for me it was almost like and specifically with the line i remember when this show was about community college it, it it struck two things for me. One, I was like, oh, the show's meta. That's kind of fun. Maybe I should check that out. But then also, because of what they were saying, I literally went, wait, I need to know how they got there. 
Yeah. You know, something about that made me want to retroactively watch the previous seasons. Sure. Um, and there's a there's a moment also where I guess it's in the wrap up of the episode, but there's a couple of things that just feel like this episode almost entirely forgets that like Gilbert and Pierce are already kind of on good terms. So there's not yeah, really why a, did we need this a weird, episode yeah. to bridge their gap? And there's a weird moment where, like... Because there's no real conflict in the episode, so they needed something. Right, Gilbert's not in the episode enough for this to be, like, a good follow-up to digital estate planning. It's... It doesn't pay off in the right way. Um, But there's enough, like... Again, I mean, I guess it's just, like, there's enough funny stuff in the episode that I'm not... It's like when you get to, like, the lesser parts of 30 Rock, and you're like, I don't know, it's still 30 Rock, there's Jack. <laughs> I like these guys. Right. I'll watch 30 Rock. Right, it's it's the it's the cast and the characters that just, like, they're just so solid that, like, even when it's not great, you're still just really enjoying yourself. There was another Annie thing playing that playing the I, ring girl is funny. It's like, funny. Uh, That's funny a fun bit. I, I mean, I... It's, That's it's, good. That's good. It's I, I feel complicated about it, but part of me also really enjoys the fact that uh, Jeff is like, let's just go to the party, and then of course Dean shows up in a ring girl, like a, <laughs> something like came a up. And he goes, all right, y'all, Jim Rash in the ring girl. He's outfit. hot. Can we have let's a discussion? <laughs> <laughs> he he so I, went, I literally found myself going, bitch. Like I was like, what? for the first time since uh, the Deanville, I was like, oh my <laughs> oh, oh goodness me <laughs> wait a minute <laughs> heavens to murgatroyd i do declare think about this this one is it, it, it feels less ironic than most of most of his costumes are costumes you know they're goofy they're played up they're outlandish and there's not a lot there but he's got a really like delicate makeup on and like the wig is actually a pretty decent wig and like, There's work. You can here. also not to mention the fact that like like he, he, his his chest looks good. Like Jim's working his, out. Like his, his abs, abs look good. I was like, Jimothy, my goodness. Jim, Jimothy. Jim, Jim, Jim is one of those dudes where you're like, oh, they're fit. They're like Jim's hot. Fit the I would whole put time. Crash in a Marvel movie. Fight me. But in like, I mean, not he's like, already. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. I know he's uh, sorry. You me before I uh, but I mean yeah. I- our our next Professor X, Jim Rash. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I, I I don't know if y'all have ever seen Jim Rash when he's not playing the Dean and he's like the facial hair's grown in a little bit, the like head is kind of growing out. Mm, Jim, I hate to just sit here and objectify Jim Rash, but I don't. It's kind of <laughs> it's not. It's, I hate to, but I don't. It gives, but, uh, it gives me like slightly Stanley Tucci vibes, where you're like, I just, oh, you know what I'm oh. talking about, Kevin? Oh, I just, oh. oh now we're talking about it. Talking. San, y'all, huge I, baby. Is Easy A still on Netflix? Y'all go watch Easy A and what? just watch Stanley Tucci. Fuck me, dude. Sammy Tucci is, is the dad in Easy A. I'm wearing a sweater and it gonna come off. Like, god damn. <laughs> there is another. There is a piece of. Speaking of the Hunger thing. Games, sorry. <laughs> There's a piece of set dressing in this episode that I actually really love. And it's in, they like, they walk into Pierce's bedroom and they turn it on. And there's that like goofy 70s porn music that comes on. And you're like, okay, this is a very oh, yeah. predictable bit. But, you know, good for them because they did it. And then for <laughs> I love it. There's this 
fireplace. But the fireplace is a neon sign of flames. Rules. Great. It's so good. I look so at that. I hate it so much that I kind of want it. Like, it, it's yeah. wild. And then even that little moment. Wait, do we? Okay. Also, I'm just realizing this now. We get a fun explanation for, like, how all of this stuff happens. Like, oh, he's got a fake mirror. Oh, he's got the latex walls. Right? Sure. Do we ever get an explanation for why there's a miniature earthquake in the study and the mirror and the picture of Pierce's dad, like, comes to life and is demonic? Are we supposed to just blow that off as, like, Jeff having a daddy issue episode? Because that does not work for me. It's not- No, I, I don't think we do. Not- I don't- <laughs> There's a full-blown earthquake, and we never find out why. It's all in their head, man. Like, what do you man, think? they're so me? scared. <laughs> the line um... Uh, you're walking. Yeah. Yes. Quickly, follow. <laughs> follow. Uh, follow. That's, that's good. I love Britta answering phones uh, repeatedly. Yeah, no, uh, Britta, stop answering phones. It's a good bit. <laughs> um, or she's like, I've never been in a place like this for that long. I mean, not against my will. You were saying? <laughs> uh, yeah, she anyway. moves on. It's a good bit. Very good. Can I talk about one bit of this episode that actually, like, bothers me on just a conceptual level please sure so i don't know why i said that like i was tentative i was like (laughs) go for it yeah i'm not about to like (laughs) blow any fucking dams down (laughs) so (laughs) troy barnes Uh is dumb we know this but you're right (laughs) he's he's a himbo king (laughs) mean that's my baby I love Troy Barnes. He's not a smart man. At least not in you. I, a lot I of traditional ways. Every time you say that. He has a lot of emotional intelligence. Um, <laughs> I would say that's where he's but, the least intelligent. <laughs> but Troy... Not at the end of mixology certification, you fool. Um, but Troy also canonically fucks. So... <laughs> that's true! Oh my god! How am I to understand that he does not know what a sex swing is? Can I tell you my take? Can I please tell you my take? Please. Troy's prime was in high school. Where they wouldn't have had, like, he equipment. He only knows oh. about missionary. I he is a yeah, straight I think dude. <laughs> ever since Hold on, the last one's Troy... a little <laughs> Wow. Okay, yeah. well, Caleb, when you I'm were kidding, in high school... I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. But no, but, like, I, I, well, do, hold I on. do understand the Are you about to ask me a happened? very incriminating question if I'm to give an actual, accurate answer? You've got kids. I can't ask you this question. Ask <laughs> away. My kids can fuck it. Let's go. What's, what's up? <laughs> okay, when you were in high school, right? <laughs> when you were in high school, uh-huh. were you familiar with kink? Yeah. Enough to know what a sex swing is. Enough to know what a sex swing and a gimp suit and is. Can someone tell me? I, I, I think I know the answer. Or the collars. Like, well, he goes, Troy oh, would have seen 80s that's... comedies. Like, Troy would have, like, it's not. Troy, Troy would be wait, familiar wait, 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 with. Wait, 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 wait. There's an internal continuity error. Pulp fiction. We talk about. So he would know. Oh, shit. That's oh, a really good point. Suit is. Yeah. That's yeah. Point. So he would know what a. What like he would be familiar like a lot of teenagers are with the iconography of kink as like a comedy punchline 
You know, like, the collars, the whips, the dominatrix thing as, like, a comedy punchline, if nothing else. If they have not explored that it area It would make sexually. more sense, genuinely make more sense, if Shirley didn't actually didn't know what they were. I get that Shirley's got, like, a dark past of, like, oh, you know, she's seen some shit, she's a new person, she's, you know, she's... I also think Shirley fucks. Shirley definitely fucks. I, she has two children. Okay. No, Shirley's a middle-aged, married Christian woman. They, she absolutely knows what all that stuff is, and she yes. acts embarrassed by it to hold up the mm-hmm. image that she. She. Okay. No, she you're right. You're so right. You're so right. Shirley, Which is exactly the role that. As she, someone raised by a middle-aged, married Christian woman, trust me. <laughs> like she still yeah. has sex. She's still married to Malcolm Jamal Warner. Still, I mean, they, they do make a good point earlier uh, in in a previous season where he's like, "Don't you use your sexy voice?" And they all go, "Oh, that's what." Oh, that is. oh. <laughs> yeah. it's alarming. Oh, that's a good it's, a, it's alarming. A good <laughs> it's a, it is a jarring moment where you're like, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> "Oh, <laughs> oh my, that's nice." Um, yeah, it just, it rings so, like, I know it's, it's classic dumb guy humor, but Troy fucks. He would be aware of what it is, whether or not he's used one. He would be aware of what it is. That's all I'm, that's all I'm saying. He would not look at that swing and not be able to figure out context from that. Right. Like, uh, the joke doesn't work as well as Abed, but like, I could buy Abed or Annie not knowing what these Annie are. Annie not knowing it would be, well, mm, mm, But even then, even like, Annie <laughs> has a very, like, it's constantly implied that Annie is naive, but, like, has a dark, dark, kinky, kinky, kinky side. Like, it's, they play with that. Yeah. I, it just, it just ring. I know it's just like a, it's not a, it's, it's a toss away joke, to but it doesn't go, ring. Break something. That's the only reason they have that whole bit. Uh, secret dog. Like, Donald Glover is funny, but, like, I just, again, uh, Troy, Troy would know. Troy. That's all That's all I'm saying. Troy would know. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, Troy, Troy would be Was he just be aware. born? Yeah, that's all That's all I got. Anyway, uh, maybe 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 I, Troy's like, playing it off on purpose. No. To, to make, but then to make what's Shirley the uncomfortable. Joke? But then, like, but then what's the joke in the episode of Community? I just don't understand. Right. I mean, we don't even get... if Troy. I feel like if Troy was messing with Shirley, which, like, also, I don't think he would, like, there's, like, it's... it's we. I, I wish we actually got more of, like, Troy and Shirley's interactions because there's a really interesting, like, relationship that they form that we just don't get to see. Um, yeah. But I feel like if Troy was messing with Shirley, would have we would have seen some sort of, like, look in his eye of him being like, haha, I'm fucking with you that like surely doesn't see but we as an audience see and there's there's a very genuine childlike joy in swinging which rings true to his character in a certain childlike joy in swinging is true to troy not knowing what a sex swing in is is not true to troy absolutely exactly you could do the bit where they're both trying to pretend like they don't know that's a bit you could do that would have been fun in a very very funny in a very like screwball comedy kind of way but this I'm a, it just doesn't it just doesn't scan it just doesn't when in this same episode earlier on we have that great things joke which also implies that he knows to a certain extent that there yeah. are sex and there are God. sex things that i should at least pretend to be ashamed of right it's really great to watch in these this episodes episode. in not, this episode it's really great to watch these episodes and not think about them i'm realizing rapidly that over the next six and a half weeks 
that I have to watch these episodes and think about them and, and talk about them. them. <laughs> and critique them. Yes, exactly. And, and come um, on here and discuss them in an analytical context. Because independ- independently, most of these bits are okay. When added to a continuity, none of these bits make sense <laughs> at all. Yeah. Uh, yeah, unfortunately. Um, doesn't scan even though again i like i legit have been sitting here for most of this time trying to come up with reasons why it's actually okay (laughs) trying to like like, the the personal retcon one of my favorite to-do list things right where it's like i i'm gonna come up with an excuse as to why it makes sense because i want it to Ah, you are a comic book reader. Yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh, oh. Exactly. You do, I see. But no, I just it, it's it's not one of those things that you can really do. It's 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 a yeah. little frustrating. Yeah. Doesn't work, doesn't scan, doesn't, doesn't track. Uh so let's get into our rankings. First time in a little bit. Been a while since we've been here. Yeah. Oof. Can we just say that season four, episode one's tag is just all the way at the bottom? It just it's it's irredeemably yeah. offensive. Indeed. As we, uh, sorry, to, to, to kick things of off, uh, I did um, I did promise that we would talk about our average rankings of every season here before we rank season four. Oh. Uh, and I don't okay. want to forget that promise. Please do it. Uh, so as of, of as of right now, before we've ranked a single piece of season four, um, the average episode rankings of every season. Season one, 46.76. Uh, season three, thirty-three point four one, and season two, twenty-seven point one seven. That is the average for every season. So season two, the undisputed king. I doubt it's going to get <laughs> dethroned. <Did I> <laughs> it just doesn't uh, doesn't seem possible. Uh, I only know this because uh, Matt over at Communis, the great fan account, made a Google spreadsheet of our rankings and like had it do math. <laughs> and come oh up my with god, averages. that's so funny! Are, is it gonna be uh, weighted on number of episodes per season, though? It is. Di- I mean, it is divided. You know, like it's an averaged out. So you take the total number and divide it by season one is twenty five, season two is twenty four. But uh, there's no greater weighting other than that. It's just simply the average rank the all episodes added together and divided. I would be interested in seeing what a weighting would do to that. I mean, I, I don't think that a weighting would honestly make a, a five or six beat season two, but I would be curious to see if there's like an efficiency weighted, right? Where it's like, well, there's only this many episodes to affect this. I don't know. There's some engine. Yeah. Out and, there could- and should we value one through 10th place? over other play like weighted placement you right know, do, do yeah. top 10 get extra bonus points you know Chase, what, what, you're basically right. saying, yeah. Chase, what you're basically saying is somewhere somebody gives a fuck about math and they should figure this out they should I you mean, know I if anyone wants to math, i'll I'm give you very busy with other things and i oh yeah okay I'll... i didn't mean that to be like <laughs> accusatory you get on i don't give a fuck about math, math game, if you live? if you fuck with maths that's fine i don't Yes. Maths. Matt. Um, he said like a yeah, what, uh, Brit. Foggy yeah. London town. Yeah. Here's, uh, here's my excuse and, for uh, that. I've been watching uh, Peaky, Peaky Blinders. That's about it. Peaky, Peaky Blinders. Blinders. Is that yeah, good? Peaky... I've, been, I've heard it's oh, pretty good. It's very good. All right. I, I okay. think I said this Sounds in a previous good. episode. If you have even the slightest thing for well-dressed, accented bad boys, you're fucking done. The whole show is full. Who don't? Who All right. Don't? I well, can't watch an episode of that show and not want to pour myself a couple fingers of whiskey and go smoke a cigarette. Like I can't, eh. can't watch that show. Without um, like I should go do this. Yeah. 
And uh, for the official record, uh, the end tags are also uh, in season two, three, one order. So the season two end oh, okay. tags are the best. Season three is second best. Season one is third best. But it's much closer in the end tags Dude, as far as the two average. Just bangs. It just bangs. But, and, you know, I and uh, I there's a lot of good stuff to come. Like the highs True. of season five and six are really no. When they high. go high, they go very high. For sure, for sure. Um, but I'm curious to see how it, I'm, I really want to see how this all shakes out when it's all said and done. Uh, but first, we must get back to our rankings. So yeah, is this season four end tag just the pits? I would just drop. Oh it yeah, straight to hell. But... <laughs> uh, oh Lord, no! Our new number seventy. What's funny Ooh. is I will say that for the next several weeks. Just oh lord, it's, no. they, it's, the thing that's get funny, it on the soundboard. From the context, it's funny. Divorce well, because, from the context, yeah. it's also, funny. It's like it's accidentally self-aware. That's the that's the reaction we have to this whole moment, including Shirley saying, "Oh lord, no." Oh but, lord, no. <laughs> get it on the soundboard next to hot gay. Um. <laughs> So let's. I'm, uh, I'm uh, now, thank you. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh good. lord. I would no. expect nothing less of you. Um, and then the the end tag for the Halloween episode with the fake, the rotating bookcase, classic comedy bit. That's actually Cla- really Scooby-Doo, cute. Young Frankenstein, classic bit. Does and then but then they also throw in like a two uh two men in a trench coat, two kids in a trench coat, which is a great the- great bit. It does seem a little work? random. Are you taller? Are you tall? <laughs> Are you tall? I do like this. It doesn't hit quite the same as some of the other end tags, but I think also because context, like I haven't been primed for that kind of joke at this point. You know what I'm talking about? It's like when you go not see sure. a good when you're going out to to see comedy and you're just you're just not warmed up properly, and a good comedian, a great comedian, is only coming across as good. That's how I feel about this moment. I don't feel like I was for properly sure. primed for how good this end tag is, so it's hard to give it what it deserves. I, it's a great bit though. It's like there's a lot of really good things going for it. Slut, is it funnier than slut? <sighs> Current number thirty-one. Is it funnier than slut? <laughs> That's my my metric. Ah, uh, uh, I don't think so. It's close. It's close. but I it. It's not quite there. Uh, it's not as funny as How You Live It. <laughs> how, how You, you Live it. it. How You Live It. That oh, shit's man. so fucking funny to me. <laughs> uh, it's so funny. Vending Machine. No. No. Spaceships. Hey, yeah. Vending no. Machines. Vending Machines too good. <laughs> to me. Once we get to Leonard's. I, that's not yeah, how it but, goes, okay. but that's how I hear But what about Leonard's potato chip review? I think maybe now we're talking. Yeah, I, I think put maybe... it just above the Leonard's reviews. Give it the yeah. new number 41. Yeah. That's my vote. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Rotating bookcase, yeah. yeah. number 41. Now to the episode rankings. Okay. Is the <laughs> season four premiere, History 101, is it the worst episode of Community so Let's far? Let's work our way up. Which one's basic genealogy? <sighs> Wait, what's the, the That's bottom? That's the family day. Okay, so family day <laughs> family is at day. the bottom. Yeah, sure. Where uh, guest star Catherine McPhee, even in that episode, which right now is our bottom episode, that episode has Britta getting whipped by a switch, has Pictionary. <laughs> uh, That's our last place episode? Ha- has Senior Chang roasting 
the class's kids. It's so wild. It's it, it's amazing how this moment right here really puts into perspective just how fucking good all all the episodes in the first three seasons are. Because you get Absolutely. to this and you're like, wait, that's <laughs> yeah. no. This episode's better than both of the ones we just watched, in my opinion. I'm sorry. Like, well, I I ask you to remember the rest of Basic Genealogy, where it's like Slater breaks up with Jeff, and then it. Uh, I just I, I ask you to like, remember. Kev, you listen, I would... like five very funny things, and if you They're can very do the funny same, bits. if you can do yeah, the do same for funny. either of these episodes, okay, hold on, okay. So first, let's do History 101. Sure. Is it the number 72, the worst episode of Community so far? I think it's pretty undisputed, yes. <laughs> I think... Personally, the, I never... My, my fucking ringing unendorsement of History 101 is that I do not laugh out loud one time. There is not a moment in this episode that I go, okay, no, okay, there's one time. But basic two. genealogy has three times. That's it. Yeah. History 101... Try not to be a season four hater, but unfortunately, the off to episode a... speaks for itself. And we're off. I um I I do since that one's been ranked. I do want to say I do actually think episode two is slightly higher than episode one in season four. I agree. It's um, not a great episode. Like it's not a capital G great episode. But I think we can talk. You know, like is it better than basic discourse? I. Like our current Think, 71. Is it better than the second to last place right now? As a whole episode. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah, I okay. this episode, but I would watch this episode before that one. For sure. Yes. That's Even actually that's Basic super, Genealogy uh, has like some fucking so good bits. So then which one's <laughs> Spanish like, 101? Oh, that's the second that's episode. That's the second episode of the show where like Jeff and Pierce give the presentation. They give the protest. Like this episode. I would, Paranormal I Parentage I is better than that episode. That one. Yeah, I would actually rank this higher. Okay, so now we're looking at what? what, what now what? we're cooking. I would, okay, so I'm honestly, I'm looking for the episode I would like to compare it to uh-huh. now. Okay, so competitive ecology, where they're all terrible to each other, but also Todd is there. I think <laughs> this episode is better than that one. The worst episode of season three. Oh. I think so. I I can I would say this one's better than that one. Yeah, I'm thinking about it when I think of competitive mm. ecology. I think of your love is weird, which is again crazy. like that is the <laughs> that's shining it. spot. That's it. That's the yeah. that's the. Well, I can think of like I have fond memories of this episode, even though like consistency wise, it does not make sense. Um, and it's just a, a yeah. chaotic episode. But like I yeah, but the I can get with that. The Cougar Town refs are funny. Like I think it pays off well. Like I, like it makes Annie my third favorite show. Like that her watching Cougar yes. Town. No, like that. no, there's there's nice lovely joke. I think also like uh, Troy and Abed dressed up as uh, Calvin and Hobbes alone is give is points Beautiful. in my book. Adorable. Yeah. That's right. Um, this episode is better than the season one finale. With the tea slur and Jeff kisses Annie and is it? the only Yeah, it is. <laughs> this episode is better than that. It is. Competitive wine um, tasting. I don't know why every time I see competitive wine tasting, I think of the episode of Parks and Rec. Oh. You know what I'm saying? Uh, they all yeah, just drink I actually wine. have that labeled. Like a wine tasting thing. This that's the one where Jeff and Pierce take a wine tasting class and Troy pretends to have been molested. Oh. <laughs> uh yeah, this episode's better than that one. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. Okay. We're breaking out of the 60s. We're climbing a little bit. So we're so we're gonna climb. Okay. Is this better than the pilot 
number 55. Mm-hmm. Now we're talking. That's a really confusing question. I feel pilot really has good moments, but they're all Duncan for me. Like the pilot's best moments are all Ian Duncan. Yeah. Um, either I'm God or Truth is Relative. In either case, booyah. Booyah, booyah. With built-in ball warmers. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, but if we like, got more relativism, I, we haven't really graded on weight yet per episode. But like, if something about this the first or second episode of season four being better than the pilot of the show feels wrong to me it, feel, it feels wrong but at the same time part of me is like but i probably would i think it this episode stacks up pilot if you asked me to watch one they're like i would i i'd pick paranormal parentage i'd probably watch paranormal parentage i yeah i actually have to unfortunately agree with that hmm. this hmm. is watch this is wild i like okay there's gonna be a lot of season four down here at the bottom you know, like, it's going to be down there. But it's not all at no. the very and this is, we've already said bottom. this is probably one of the best episodes in the season. If not the best. Yeah, exactly. It's, like, it's one of the shining stars. That's a good point. Here. That's a good point. So, uh, okay. So, all right. Here here might be a big one for me. Is this better than Foosball? No. 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 Foosball has good jokes. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Okay, is this better than Custody Law in Eastern European Diplomacy, is the Luca one, th- episode? No. 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 Okay. No, it's not. Intro to Political Science, <laughs> The Election, The Greendale Election. No, it's not. Uh, psychology of Letting Go, Pierce's mom dies, and Britta and Annie have a mud wrestling fight. I think this is better than that. We're definitely close. Which one's The Science of Illusion? The one right under that. That's the April Fools episode, uh, where Britta and a- uh, 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 Shirley and Annie are cops, and Britta dumps the body out the window. Uh, I think this episode has better memorable moments. I think the Halloween episode does. Uh, <sighs> I'm torn between putting it at 53 and 54. So it's under intro to poli sci. Uh, I don't sure. know if it, I don't know if it's above Psychology of Letting Go or below Psychology of Letting Go. I'm torn, so I'm going to leave it to you too. Okay, I <laughs> think it's just above. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. Okay, great. Okay, yeah, I think it's above. Well, season four, episode. Two, it's weird because it's one of those like bit episodes almost. It's like I want to watch sure. this because of what it is, not because of specific Parenthood. jokes Parenthood. most of the time. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's it's sure. it's also innately grained in my. I mean, for me, it's ingrained in my mind as like it's the first episode it's, I it's ever saw. It's what got me saw. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. At yeah. least we have a well, very that's... easy metric to like. Next time we're going because we all believe at this point that this is the best episode in season four. We can just jump there and say, <laughs> okay, up or down. down. And yeah. how we going? Be going down. But I mean, if we find something, there's some chance for up. Yeah, there is. There's a couple I, here. I don't have season four memorized front to back, so there could be a couple that go. Oh, actually. Yeah. yeah. Uh, however, next week we we won't be up that high. Uh, <laughs> no, I I'm the sorry first couple to say. Minutes of the Inspector SpaceCon episode and. Whoa. I remember that episode lighting the bad kind of fire in me, so I, I have not <laughs> seen I, it in eight years. I, for some reason, have moderately fond years. memories of that episode, just because, okay. like, my whole thing with, like, Doctor Who at the time, but I, I sure. looking at it at a critical lens may 
completely make me hate it. So who knows? When you know you have to talk about and rank an episode, it does put it in a different in a mental context. Different mental context for sure. And uh, yeah, it's gonna be next week is Expector Space Time Convention and the return of the Germans, and it's a big World War Two joke. Wait, all right. Did... Next week might not be. Say <laughs> <laughs> sorry. That did not register. Say that one more time. Next week, the foosball Germans return, but instead of Nick Kroll, they have the guy from Silicon Valley, and it's a big uh, World yeah. War Two. It's uh, that one might not. The guy from Silicon as high. Valley. Yeah. The billionaire guy. I want the doors to go like this. Oh shit! This guy fucks. The three comma club guy. This guy fucks. Yeah, he's yeah, in. That's he right. He, the, is, he plays he the is German guy. guy. <laughs> the boom operator from the final season of The Office that I haven't seen. Yeah, Mike or whatever the fuck. Oh no! <laughs> that is who that guy is. Yeah, it is. Whoa! That's who that guy is. What's his? What's his name in? What's his name in Silicon Valley? Oh, no, I haven't watched that show in years, but it was funny. He was funny on that fucking show. Uh, We are segueing here to the end of the fucking uh, program. (laughs) Fucking uh, program. Uh, My only plug this week, in case you're not tired of me talking about The Witcher, uh, up on the Patreon, uh, my partner and I uploaded a conversation about specifically, like, comparing the first book to the first season of the show and the adaptation in a more literary uh, context than we did on uh, advanced Witcher studies. Yes. Um, so if 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 you're just not done listening to me talk about the Witcher for now, uh, just one U.S. dollar will get you that conversation. Oh wow! Only uh, one, that, dollar. one dollar. One dollar. I gain. I I'm a man of the people. I want to make a little money on the side, but like, it's not gonna be a high bar of entry. I'm not putting out five dollar fucking content. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna do a little plug. A friend of mine reached out to me a little while back and said he was like, "Hey." I really want to do a cabaret, right? I want to do a virtual cabaret. We're both musical theater performers. Um, and there's not a lot of musical theater happening right now. There's little bits. It's hard to keep track of it. But specifically, we're also, both of us are trans. And he was like, let's have an all trans musical theater cabaret. Let's do, let's just pool our resources and just try to have something to show off what trans people can do in um, art medium that we're not really super present in right now. Uh, let's 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 do that. So we did that, and we've been working on this project. It's called Transpose Cabaret. Um, follow the uh, follow the account on Instagram. I believe it's also on Twitter at Transpose Cabaret. Uh, give it a follow. There's links to getting tickets in the bio. There's also a link to tickets in my bio on Instagram. That's J A C E N Z I E V. Um, and yeah, I mean, so it's it's five dollars if you're trans. It's twenty dollars if you're cis. You can uh, sponsor a ticket uh, if you're trans. You can reach out and request a free ticket because we know stuff is hard right now. So if you don't even have five dollars, we still want you to be able to see this. So you can reach out through there. Half of the proceeds are going to be going to for the Gwirls, uh, GWRLs, which is a Black trans-led collective that curates parties to fundraise money to help black transgender people pay for their rent, gender-affirming surgeries, smaller copays for medicines, doctor's visits, and travel assistance. Uh, we're very excited about being able to donate to that cause. But yeah, um, if you like theater or musical theater or just singing uh, or you just really want to like 
um, see some trans people do their stuff. I I was the assistant director and uh, uh, creative consultant on the project. I'm also a featured performer. If any of you want to hear me sing some fun tunes, um, uh, it's going to be a great time. It's I'm really excited about it. It's a fun project. So go ahead and give Transpose Cabaret a follow. Uh, go to my instagram there's also a big old post on there and a link to the tickets right there just just check it out and if you want to just like donate and you can't and you like i don't like seeing but i like this cause you can can also just send money it's gonna be gonna be gonna be a a gay old time if you know what i mean um (laughs) so there's that oh i didn't tell you a date i'm so sorry The 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 show is so it's it's a watch when you feel like it type thing so if you get a ticket you will be able to watch it back February 26th through 28th. That will be the window to being able to watch the stream. Okay, now I'm done. Sorry, Daddy. It's all right. I, like I said, I don't have anything cool like like that to, to talk about, like either of you had to talk about. I just um, got a couple of articles posted in the last couple of weeks. One came out Monday um, and one came out last week on Wednesday uh, about, in this order, starting Wednesday, um, driving games and about... Oh, uh, PlayStation games as prestige storytelling. Because we talked about it last week, and I was like, I got to finish my thoughts on this. Um, outside of that, we've got some interviews coming up on the on the game blog, uh, nerdybits.com. That's kind of cool. Uh, the executive producer of Far Cry 6 is going to be in. And then um, uh, St. Louis local game uh, board game dev and also pancake artist, if you've seen Dan Cakes on the internet, that guy, uh, is going to be on uh, uh, this week. So... Yeah, just kind of doing that shit. Doing if you like hearing about games and like hearing me talk, that's kind of the best place to to go. I mean, this place is good too. I, you know, what I mean, I I like all the things I do. But yeah, if you wanna if you wanna read those articles, go check those out. And um, if you wanna participate in any of that shit, please do. Like I said, my shoutouts aren't nearly as cool. Nah, that was groovy. I've been taking care that. of a, I've dope. been taking care of a kid. So uh, most of my creative shit. endeavors so, are are a little lax, a little la- little lagging right now, but I'm I'm making it work. That's okay. Editing duties for this show are on me. Uh, <laughs> so don't you worry about it. Uh, we will be back next week uh, to uh, sojourn, <laughs> continue our journey through the gas leak year. But until then, pop pop pop. What do you do? DVD do DVD. It's been a minute since I heard this song. DVD 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 DVD. Forgot about that shit and I hate it. Hate that shit all over again. I was like, yeah. Oh fuck. That's right. Jace draws no small amount of pleasure from absolutely pissing me off. <laughs> I, I do, I do enjoy it. it yeah. Mm-hmm. Where, where would we go? We can go anywhere that you know. Could we travel through time, or maybe see France, or anywhere else? Naked ladies will dance. Could we fly in a booth? Could we go? I'd rather stay at Greendale. Could we ride a hot air balloon? Yes! Now that's an adventure. We should go soon. We can go anywhere in a balloon. Yes! That's an adventure. We can go high. We can see anything up in the sky. 
Yes! Now that's an adventure! Peter, bring your dentures! We're so thrilled! Because soon we'll be in a hot air balloon. So uh, you will actually be, because this is also dropping next week if I get my editing done. So you'll be, you'll be a very oh. popular man. <laughs> very. Uh, I'll, I'll keep coming up. Popularity will be another issue, but I will be you know available to be heard. You're you're in one of those periods, like a Jude Law 2004, where you're like, <laughs> this guy's in like six movies. It's like, it's, oh yeah, he's like everywhere. Yeah, he's fucking everywhere. Uh, yeah. So that's you. And they brought you on to talk about one of the best episodes in TV history, and I brought you on to talk about the <laughs> season four premiere, the first two episodes of season four, one of which I like quite a bit. I think I is really like, yeah, I really like the Halloween episode. Yeah, I think that one is remarkably uh, solid. But anyway, this is the uh, interview portion of uh, Advanced Community Studies. And uh, I am finally joined by uh, uh, the great Matt from the Communies <laughs> Twitter account. Uh, Matt, welcome to the show. Well, thank you. I didn't even know you were recording, so this worked out well. Oh, good. This was the way. This is my way of telling you. This. Was oh, the- <laughs> oh no. This is the appropriate way to break that news. Yeah, you listen. You're a you're an avid listener of the show. You know. I know exactly how you do this. Yes. The slow <laughs> conversational fade in Terry Gross. I am not. Um, and uh, anyway, uh, uh, welcome to the show. Uh, oh, thanks. Communities is the reason that most of us have any listeners whatsoever. <laughs> Um, not I, saying I, I don't believe bad. that, by the way. I don't <laughs> believe that at all. I believe they would find you. I believe that is the basic argument that a good podcast gets found. That's uh, true. They will eventually find quality. But I, I would say you are the difference between having 50 listeners and having 250 listeners. That, I think, is the crucial difference. Um, Welcome to Greendale said the same thing, but being shared... On uh, from the community's account helps a lot. Like they they were saying, but they said the exact same phrase. I think they basically said we had we had fifty listeners and now we have something else. <laughs> you know, it's a different it's, number. Yeah, it's, it's a magnitude of numbers. Yeah, it's it's changed a good bit. And you know, good. Uh, the more people that find you, the better. The more people that get you know, addicted to this show, uh, the better. Uh, yeah, I'm on the street corner. I'm you know crack smith spaghetti you're <laughs> but, with, but with community the sign right yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. you're that guy uh oh, yeah. well no season season three reference the, the spaghetti the, the sp- spaghetti the the, the crack smith <laughs> always that is still one of like my favorite little references to you know somebody you never see right uh calling somebody a crack smith like a blacksmith or, or for like, crack the, the, but for crack giving them like a title an honorific you know like really they earned the they're in the crack smelting facility and they're and they're putting it all together yeah horse spot understands his environment so he can't just sell crack he must be a crack smith exactly thank you Uh, woodsman troy (laughs) yeah exactly uh again unfortunately not the episodes uh, that we're no, talking no, about. No, no, not remotely what but, we're talking But that's about. okay. We're littered with fucking community references. It's all my brain understands anymore. Um, but uh, I'll, I'll ask you the first introductory question that I asked to all guests. Uh, tell me a little bit about your community journey, your history with the show. I did like most people that ever found the show. I heard about Modern Warfare. Mm-hmm. And... I saw in, in the publications and the people that, you know, talk about media, everybody goes, 
holy crap, this is the best thing that's ever been made for television is modern warfare. And I said, well, you know, I got to go watch that. You know, there's no hearing. So, oh, it's the best. Well, I'm better than that. I don't need to go chase this thing. No, you go and watch it. And so I went and I, I watched modern warfare and I was hooked. I mean, modern warfare, when I saw it, I thought this is the Number one, I don't see how they got all this done. I don't believe this was a followable story. It all was those things. It all worked really good. It was really smart. Yeah, I, I that was my hook. I went and started catching up, and I think uh, I think that I watched the season two premiere, and I watched live going forward with season two. That's uh, impressive. Still an early adopter, I would. Oh, say. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, Mike Mike on the account is early. He's he's pilot. He watched the pilot going forward. Uh, but that's his yeah that's, that was getting the hook i got the hook that's all right hey everyone catches on people are catching on now and that doesn't oh, make yeah. them any uh better or worse quote unquote as fans there's a ton of fans right now that would have been five when it came out and they're on twitter right. a bunch of high schoolers in quarantine who yeah and they're bored out of their <laughs> mind and they, they're like catch this show where they saw some they, they see the meme from remedial chaos theory they see the burning room and they finally get you know give it a look yeah and realize it's a smart show that says you're accepted for a teenager being accepted is a big deal yeah and, the and alchemy truly yeah. could not have been better of this show dropping on Netflix on April 2nd or April 1st. Yeah, April 1st. Basically at the point where the nation was going into lockdown, not just like the Absolutely. major metropolitan center. It was like, it truly could not have been planned that it just was this perfect synthesis of elements to- If it was, it was Chang, but yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this was his, that spider robot was actually- <laughs> Uh, it was dispensing the coronavirus. City, City College to... paid for the spider robot and Chang released it all over the place. We're driving yeah, around. That makes absolutely. complete sense. Uh, the spider robot that is set up in the penultimate episode of a season <laughs> and then not used. It's a very, it's ever, a fascinating. Ever. Fascinating. Never even referenced again. I don't, I don't blame, you know, say Dan and, and Chris for not picking up on that in five and six when their budget is like, when when someone took an axe and hacked the budget apart, I don't blame yeah. them for not saying we need a Wild Wild West giant spider robot. But it is weird that season four didn't attempt giant spider robot in some or capacity. even a giant spider joke. There's no uh-huh. even there's no even kind of reference to it. Uh, and, and they do serialization in season four, which they mm-hmm. for the most part of the show doesn't do otherwise. But in season four, they're really trying for a response to what's what they needed what the what the what the network wanted them to do the network wanted them to be you know from the song from season three's opener be more normal <laughs> but um, to actually attempt to be yes. more normal you know uh and and it's uh, great that we're talking about uh the beginning of this season uh because i'm pre- I, you're, I i asked you on really as like a tone setter for the next um six weeks of podcasting that it's going to take us to get through season four that like i don't want this to be seven weeks of just like hitting somebody while they're down you know what i mean because i think i i truly think it was a no-win situation it was there was no way that they were ever going to be able to pull this off i don't even know i've made this argument before i don't even know if dan could pull off a season four immediately following the season three that they did 
Um, he's proven me wrong That's before. But it, I, I think even if Harmon had kept to the four-year plan that he would have been able to uh, properly pull the tablecloth out from underneath the glassware. Uh, but uh, yeah, and you are, uh, I've described you before as a diplomat of community Twitter. Like uh, everyone can be their own kind of fan. Is there a yes. mantra that you all say the time. all the time? And, and that's always true. Yeah, that's. I mean, it really, and it has to be true. You can't be every fan that says it's my way or the highway is is telling somebody else they can't be a fan. Yeah, that's wrong. We don't need that in like. Don't take so seriously liking a television show. You oh, know, no, like no, <laughs> we are here to spread the joy of the television show. No, I, I'm running a fan account, and I'm telling everybody else, lighten up on your version. It, it's it's yeah. it's okay to love it the way you do and you should if you feel passionate about a character i mean uh, today is the anniversary of a dnd episode there are people right now still just very angry that they can't stream it but they can spend three dollars and buy it i mean they, they don't get to watch it like everything else but they can still see it it's not hidden from them it's, it's not unknown yeah exactly so, yeah and this, I'm... yeah this this hard line about your opinion about whatever it is I'm glad you're passionate about it, but you can't take away from everybody else their joy by, by saying, if you're not on my side, like if, if you don't say Trobed is gay, if you don't say Jeff and Annie is canon, uh -huh. if, if, if you're putting that limit out there, you're, you're stopping people from enjoying the shows. That's not, that's not a good thing for anybody. No, that doesn't help anybody. No. Uh, and I mean, for the record, one could buy the DVD of Community Season 2 for eight US dollars, <laughs> including commentary on every episode. So if you miss D&D &D that bad, I would recommend you can have it. Yeah. You, can get the, you can get the entire series on Blu-ray for 34 US dollars. And times is hard, but I am saying it is possible. It's, it's possible. <laughs> I think you can pay like three bucks and buy it on Apple, on iTunes, and watch it on any device you own that's Apple related afterwards. I mean, yeah. I think I, I still have an iTunes copy from when I like spent $3 in high school to, to buy that episode. And they had and the entire series for 20 bucks like two and a half years ago. Yeah. And I got, I have that. Just in case. <laughs> well, yeah, basically. <laughs> I mean, you never I, know. <laughs> I had, you know, it wasn't on Netflix when it landed, so I still had it on Hulu. But, you know, it was mm -hmm. 20 bucks to get all my all my shows of a show I watch. I kind of like breathing. I do this all the time. <laughs> um, and, and I know it probably irritates my very significant other wife. Uh <laughs> But I watch it all the time. And, you know, I don't have a conversation. doesn't start with a word like it doesn't start with her about something new unless it includes the word community or Troy Nobbit or Twitter. And she has had enough. <laughs> I understand. Well, that's why you do a podcast, right? That's why you that's why you do a Twitter account so that you can save your significant other uh, that wealth of conversation you know what i mean yeah yeah the, <laughs> that is yeah. why one starts these projects she's she's really polite on the first one sure. <laughs> it's like oh well, that's very fascinating and just completely lets that go and finds another subject yeah thank right. goodness absolutely uh, uh 25 years in april by the way congratulations on that that ain't nothing that is not nothing your marriage um, is older than most people on community twitter and i think that is impressive you should be proud of that I, I, uh, I am. It's, 
<laughs> More yeah, than half my, the podcast in the group chat. <laughs> yeah, I, my marriage is older than uh, members of uh, You Can't Disappot. I think it's older than both of them. Uh, yeah. So, because Zach just had a birthday and he's 24. So, Your marriage uh, is older than most of the characters of community by the time <laughs> the show ends. You know, and that's it. That ain't nothing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that, that's that's impressive. Um, but let's, uh, you know, in, in you're a diplomat, but of course you're opinionated. And, and as we were discussing earlier, like I'm very opinionated. Like I have this show uh, and I'm, you know, I'm an X-Men fan. I'm a wrestling fan. I'm the most opinionating human being <laughs> you will ever find. You're, you're kind of like on all, all those spectrums. You're not in the middle of any of them. So no. yeah. uh, I'm a man. I feel things very deeply, but like, you know, right before hopping on, someone was like, I'd rather watch season four five times than watch season six my beloved community season six uh and i was just like to each their own have fun yeah. but i'm not i'm not doing this I'm, yeah <laughs> not this, doing this this can just spiral out of control yeah because there's people do not respond to logic full stop that's the end of the conversation if you're oh. passionate about something logic does not matter it doesn't that's absolutely true that's, 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 that's David Hume level of this is how we've known about this way that understanding how people behave since the late 1700s. It's a great philosophical argument. You make all your decisions based on emotion. Logic is a thing you do to defend your emotional decision. Uh, <laughs> there, there's this bit in yeah. uh, Dirk Gently, uh, the book, uh, the first one, where this guy gets rich by creating a piece of software that you in instead of inputting information and getting an outcome you input the outcome you want and then it provides information to support <laughs> the outcome you were going to do anyway and he sells this to the pentagon and makes like billions of dollars uh, and that's how i feel like a lot of the time walking around with myself and with other people it was like you've already made up your mind now you're looking for evidence yes yes that, no it's what you believe if if you accept this idea everybody you talk to is easier to get along with Mm -hmm. Like, oh, you're not arguing a fact with me, even though you're using facts. You're emotionally tied to this answer. Yeah. And as long as you know that, it makes all these conversations a lot easier to deal with because then you're dealing with their emotion instead of the facts. You don't have to argue facts with people. You just reach to that main issue. Like you want to be seen and heard. I mean, everybody has a strong opinion about it, wants to be seen and heard on it. Yeah. And that's what I, and I respond to that. Like, you know, you get to be you and I am all for it. Mm -hmm. well, be you. Just don't tell everybody else not to be. Yeah. And don't tell everyone else to be you, right? Yeah. Like, not, oh, yeah. and that's, and that's okay. And we need to exist in these spaces. And the last thing I want to see for the community community is to become what I see in the Star Wars or comic book Ugh, community. Yeah. Like it's just, it's the most toxic places on earth. Like you just do not want to wade <laughs> into those spaces. Um, There's no room I to, don't, to get there, yeah. Yeah, I do not want the people that like community to make me like community less. That's like the thing that I don't want. Um, so I try to, you know, A, I'm not going to like hide my opinion, but like not spread negativity, try and focus more yeah. on what we like than what we don't like. Um, and also if someone starts to bother me, I just like mute, block. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
But we don't, you know, from the community's account, we have very few that we block and mute. Uh, mm-hmm. I think I've had one in three months. And, and and usually it's just because somebody has something they will not let go and won't. We've got other people we're trying to service. The, the account exists to connect community fans. It does think Mike and I make zero from this. I promise we've spent money. We have not gained money. I have bought it. I bought a ticket to i think every darkest timeline on looped and i have never seen a single episode on looped <laughs> because i gave away my ticket <laughs> i mean that's I, I was gonna see the last one and then the guy who won the 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 premium thing mm-hmm. was in australia and wasn't awake when we had announced it and so I, I had to give it away before the time ran out. So I yeah. gave it to somebody else. And when he got on, he's like, Oh man, I can't believe I missed. I'm like, yeah, here's my ticket. <laughs> uh, but- yeah. I, I'm sorry. You're not awake at two in the morning in Australia. It's, but I'm also happy you got a good night's rest. Yeah, I don't want no. to. Yeah. Good for you. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We, we don't do this for any other purpose. We, we would love for there to be a movie. We would love for there to be anything else. We absolutely, uh, Mike and I both love every member of this cast. Maybe not as much on Chevy, but it, every member of this cast, we really love, and we love what they made for us. Mm-hmm. That that's, and, and because of that, there are still, there's still people drawing, drawing op-ed pictures. There's p- still people drawing, uh, stuff about the show there's still people making art about it. there's still people people making fan fiction over it uh, i want to hold those people up and let everybody if you want to be publicly seen make sure i see it you don't have to tag us but make sure we see it we'll hold you up we want you to be recognized for what you're doing because ultimately the fandom is more important than the the cast members in the show and as long as we stay focused like that we're okay and, and we i think we've done an okay job at that at least and we're trying I to always do better. I agree. Yeah. Uh, I, I think y'all do a tremendous job and and are the right, you know, because and it's something I used to talk about uh, when I spent a lot of time on film sets where it's like the tone comes from the top down, right? Like the, the biggest figureheads are going to set the tone for everybody else. And so like y'all at Communities, uh, Alex at Six Seasons, uh, Yagmer over at Out of Context, like yeah, that that energy, and you know, I I would say uh, Yagmer is probably like the chaotic uh, one of the three, <laughs> uh, but the the that has a great like y'all set the tone for everybody else, whether yeah. you know it or not, and I think you do a good job of setting the right tone and, and, and sense of decorum. And, and what Yagmer does, look, out of con, I always say this, you know, out of context of the great accounts, because that's the ones that get people noticed. And I want everybody to follow Darkest Timeline. Yagmer's yeah. account is fabulous. And they're not completely out of context because when there's politics going on, they post the politics stuff. It's not, you know, vaguely referencing stuff and you have right. to go dig it up. They're, they're, they're paying attention. She has other stuff she's interested in, and that gets that means she gets to be her. I completely agree. Uh, she's the most chaotic of the th- chaotic of the three of us, absolutely. Um, because and because you know she's she's living her life and she's having fun with this this account that's exploded on her. Absolutely, great. She's just she's a fan. I, I adore what she does. And I, Alex does a great job of what he does. And and Mike and I do the best we can with what we've got. And I worry about the top-down language, uh, but I but I agree 
our size gives us weight and there's a responsibility to it. So I don't think of it as top down. I definitely think of it as, 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 a found, as like a foundational account because we're the oldest of all of them. Yeah, I sorry. Top down, you, you do not own or have dominion over this space. But oh, yeah. it's the same way that, uh, and again, I'm using like film terms here, but like the way that people talk about uh, Tom Hanks and Tom Cruise is that like those two are very aware of who they are and they know that like as the one of the larger beings in whatever space they occupy they are responsible for making everyone feel welcome and feel okay you know what I mean like yes. no no I, I, I I'm saying I, you're as popular as Tom Cruise is what I, I'm saying I will take that I I, pref I prefer the other one but yes no <laughs> <laughs> no well, that's fair but but it's not a it's not fair it's not accurate enough. No, but look, it's we have a weight because of our age. We have a weight because of our size. We uh, because of our activity, we have a certain weight. We 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 connect to the fans. We we share the stuff from the show. We're constantly the conduit, and because it's we're we're as important as the internet is to the internet. I mean, the the connections of the pipes, <laughs> the pipes of the internet. Uh, that that's the most important part. Uh, you have things that people are doing at, that need connection. So we're important in that sense. We're, we're desperately trying. I have, I have so many versions of um, tweet decks that I, where I have columns just looking for people saying Troy and Abed or whatever. I, I'm looking for people being fans so I can like what they're doing. When they finish, if I catch you saying the first time I'm through watching Community, I'm going to send you a tweet telling you congratulations. You're yeah. already accepted. And if you ever, if I ever catch you at the beginning, you're also going to get already accepted. <laughs> but I mean, but most people don't say, oh, I just started watching this community and it looks okay. What mostly you get is, you know, okay, and a movie. At Sometimes that's all you get. Sure. But you know, but, but, you know, fans know what that means. And so I, I tell them, you know, you're, you're already accepted in the fandom. I'm happy you're here. That's it. That's all I want you to know. If you follow us, great. I'm not going to beg you. I beg Charlie today, Charlie Coons. That's, that's the last person I begged. I don't think we begged anybody else. <laughs> uh, it just felt weird because we interact with him, you know, a couple of times a month. Yeah. So yeah, I was like, please. <laughs> right. And, and I, uh, I, uh, speaking to like an even, bigger figurehead here like i feel like the the former cast and writers of community also do a good job of uh participating in that as much as they feel comfortable you know you yeah. you have um people like gillian and allison who have kind of removed themselves from it they're, um, yeah, they're and, out. I, yeah. and i and i cannot blame them uh no for no. that like they are we must remember that they are people and we do not like hold ownership over them and they can participate as much or as little as they want to. Um, but people like Ken and people like Charlie uh, and a lot of the former writers uh, mm -hmm. are, are good and out there and like responding to all of the community love. And I just ask anybody listening, like remember that these people are people and they need to like have some possession over themselves. Don't, tweet at people your negative opinions about yeah. their work. Yeah. Uh that's the wildest thing that I still see happen. <sighs> yeah. I mean, look, Never Ken, understood. Ken, Ken is Ken is loud on a lot of subjects and good for him he should be. Absolutely. Um, he knows his even, platform. Even if you don't agree with him, just because you're a celebrity doesn't mean that you have to give away your citizenship card. You, you're still a participant. Right. And so 
and and Yvette as well. And, mm-hmm. you know, I get, if you don't like that, just stop following your life will be okay. There's nothing, there's no tweet that you're going to miss from any celebrity where your life is going to be changed drastically because or you see it or you don't. Changed. Yeah, changed. Absolutely. <laughs> no, no. I, if Add I would have thought about it in time, <laughs> I would have said it that way. I, my, my keyboard swiping automatically goes to changed. I, it, I have to think about the word change and go to E or I don't get it. It's not even clever. You just keep using it for the word change. Yeah, you just use it for the same word. Yeah. No, it's everybody gets to do that. And and look, Gillian particularly is not terribly social uh, on social media. Never has been. Did it for no. the show. And, and and the further away from the show she got, the further away from it she got herself. And that's that's okay. Allison, a bunch of them early on were really active. And if I was a five to maybe 120 pounds person who was well-known and desired by many people i would never be on social media holy I cow no thank you i'm there with you i i definitely understand yeah uh, i am i'm an old unattractive dude i <laughs> there's no i don't i can tweet stuff nobody cares right. uh I'm not, you know, I don't have location stuff turned on my phone either, but they definitely don't want to make that mistake. There's a lot of stuff that happens to people that's not an actual legal, look, if there's a major event, we see it on the news, but there's a ton of little scary things that happen to people who are celebrities. And I don't want those two people or anybody uh, to go through that process. And I suspect part of the reason we don't see them is they've got enough horror stories in them. They don't want any more. I would have to imagine that's the case. I I think one should just generally assume that any uh, woman in a public space has a bunch of stories that you would rather not, they would rather you not hear about. You know what I mean? That like yeah. um, uh, every single one of these people has dealt with uh, stalking and abuse, like all these other things. And it is perfectly within like the rights of these people to rescind themselves from these situations um and i i we can't blame them uh one iota no i i i want them to be safe i want them to be happy and if they can't do that on twitter then don't be on twitter it's okay it's not worth it not not worth it i i I don't yeah i don't want to hear look i I can tell you people using allison Bree's name on twitter because i search for people using allison Bree's name on twitter most of it is I absolutely love seeing her in everything she does. Sure. 15% of it is stuff I, well, 10% of it I report, uh, but 15% of it is creepy. Mm-hmm. I, I can understand not wanting to see that. Ever. Absolutely. Absolutely. It doesn't make your life better to think people are out there uh, thinking about where you are. I don't want that at all. <laughs> absolutely absolutely not. and i i'm again a nobody i definitely if i was five too attractive and maybe 120 pounds i don't want that either right uh, I, I i just there's no way about it i mean i i somebody risked that with joe Mc, joe mckill's six four and carries knives T- you're taking your life in your own hands <laughs> Uh, that's just, that's just the stupidest. he's going yeah he's going to dismantle you uh Danny We've all seen can him outrun shirtless. you yeah, and for exactly. further yes right exactly. um yeah they they have they have some advantage joe's gonna see you coming because he's above most of the crowd anyway at six four so you know i right. you're okay 
the, yeah, the huddled masses because of his height. I mean, yeah, he knows what's coming in, but <laughs> for everybody else, like the, the stuff that Yvette gets, no, that's, that's just wrong. And, and you see that yeah. because she's opinionated about politics. She sees that. I'm sure she sees that way more than she wants to. That stuff is wrong. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I am, I get angry when I look at it, those things and dig through them because there are people who are just being, they're just saying something to make themselves feel better or they're saying something completely creepy. Um, yeah, I don't know how we got on this tangent, but good Lord, it's, it's a sewer. That part's a sewer. Thankfully that's not the majority. Exactly. So, uh, to, to use that as the counterbalance, uh, of, of what we're trying to avoid and like the, the proper, uh, tone we're trying to set here. Cause I also know, like just getting back to the show itself, I also know how ridiculously hard it is to make anything much less, 13 half hours of television in a, a in a in 14 weeks um like it's it's the most ridiculously difficult and complex thing you could ever possibly imagine um and that has a lot to do with here we are in season four um and, where- and, and oh oh and you have to be uh, mindful of the 70 something episode nearly 70 episodes already made yeah Right, that you that have, have to stay within on top of it. Lore and and the uh, universe and rules that you you've must got stick phrases within. you can't use. You've got phrases you must use. You've got people that can't say them. You've got other people that must say them. Or people, it's you know, the, go to the the season finale and listen to Abed's line about if you do the same thing, you're boring. If you do something, you're being something different. I mean, you're you're not yeah. who they were. You're, you're you're. It's a really tight trap. And then take away the voice that held it together. Right. Like, yeah. damned if you do, damned if you don't. Um, and there were, I think we we kind of forget this, there were a lot of people that left community in season three that felt it had just gotten like too weird and too divorced from reality. And I remember it being like vocal. I mean, I used to spend time on the AV club. So like commenters and writers over there talking about like, leaving the show so it's not as if like season four was this moment where they just like cut lines on the life rafts and everyone just like floated (laughs) away like they're yeah but they lost they lost mckenna because mckenna wasn't going to do it without dan no they they lost a lot of their core and mckenna's there from late season one until the end of season three they lost uh uh, garrett and neil um the i'm sorry garrett uh, Donovan and Neil Goldman, not yeah, Garrett, the characters. Donovan, Neil Garrett Neil. <laughs> not, the, not, the, not the characters, the people they're named after. Right. Um, yeah, y- you lose those people, and, and they're right there at the beginning. You don't have the Russo's brothers in season four. Right, because they leave I, halfway through season three to go yeah. <laughs> become very rich. <laughs> to, to become insanely successful with Marvel. <laughs> right. So y- you don't have th- the people that have held the theme for the show for the most part. You still have Tristram. Uh, he does, and I think he directs most of these episodes. He directs Actually, most of like the next couple seasons. Yes, if, he does. Uh, if yes, memory he does. serves, he becomes like the new Russo brothers. He's the new Russo. <laughs> yes, all by himself. He's the, he's two brothers. Yeah, uh, exactly. And and you have you have Andy Barbara who's been there since uh, season two, and you have uh, Megan Gantz who's been there since season two, and Megan was going to leave anyway. 
And then Dan mm-hmm. leaves, and then Megan has, are, 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 what do we what do we do? Because they're getting they're getting they're not just getting offered come back and write for the show you've been writing for. They get offered higher up positions. So both of them, and I, I think some others, get offered higher positions, which means from here on out, when you go to apply for someplace, you're not just a writer. Uh, you're not just an executive producer, you're a producer. So you've got to, you're, you're helping run a show, even if it goes badly, <laughs> right? It, you get a title that you get to put on your resume going forward that people will recognize. And a pay raise. I have and to a, imagine. I, I would, I would assume. Um, and, and, and Megan and Andy go between the seasons and go, okay, we can either leave or we can do this together and do the best we can for the fans. They have a sit down meal, have a conversation and go, what do we do? And the answer is we do the best we can for the fans. Yeah. God love them. God love and and respect it. And they've both continued to like be, you know, successful after this because Andy's written for and run any number of programs. Uh, last he was on Last Man on Earth for the first, I think, two or three years. He uh, his show right now is uh, Bless the Hearts. It's a uh, it's off right now uh yeah he's had a he's had a good career since then um and then megan has and megan's just been meteoric i mean she just runs the uh rob mcelhaney averse now you know between (laughs) she wrote for modern family as well i mean right and and, and And, i think uh, that's the only episodes of that show i've ever watched were the ones that megan wrote uh uh, andy wrote for uh uh brooklyn nine nine yeah he was there for a year and then they moved they changed um they changed networks and they had a different structure. So he, he didn't stay there, but I mean, they've continued to be productive and they're really good at what they do. And they're really funny writers. I thought about this a lot when we talked about doing this and I, I kind of come to the conclusion that the, what this season has is what Elroy Potashnik is singing about in season six at the wedding. They Which don't have you a know way that that is, I mean, one of the funniest things, funniest things I've ever, it's the funniest <laughs> thing he's ever done. Oh man. And he does but, a lot of funny stuff on this show. But oh no, God, he's great. But damn, that kills me. When he's just uh, walking around and just you know, just keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> that you know, and, and you encourage people oh. who are constantly discouraging themselves, and and goes. And the problem is when you don't keep a lid on it, and that's the answer to the problem with season four. So the mm-hmm. problem with season four is you don't have a lid on it. So what happens? Uh, you have too much influence from the network, so you have this serialization that you normally wouldn't have. Changnesia is a horrifying thing that should have been killed in five minutes. It, boy, I, there are some ideas that I'm you, like, I understand what you were going for here. Yes. And, and then there is Changnesia, which is, <laughs> it's just, it's one of the things that is baked into this season that's just wrong. Like it, it just doesn't, it, it go. never, it never, it never hits, sticks the landing. What you needed to do. And look, and, and by the way, when they're first starting talking about this, they don't have 13. They have 13 with a possibility of nine more. How do you write that? Right. I, I have no clue. How do you prep a season of that where they want you to serialize? That makes it harder. Oh, and then you plan to do all holidays and they push your premiere date for two months. Jeez. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's there's so much there's so much wrong with what happens to them. It takes close to three months because I think they don't come out until they they were supposed January, to be like late yeah. 2012 and then they end up coming out early yeah there it's originally october 19th uh which is gillian's birthday and then later it's you know it comes out i think their halloween episode comes out at christmas uh I the, think they come in, yeah they come back in december 
the the Halloween, according to uh, Wikipedia, it would be uh, Paranormal Parentage aired on Valentine's Day. <laughs> the, ho- <laughs> the Halloween episode airs oh, on that's Valentine's right, that's Day. Right. Yeah, um, just... So that's that's what we call a no win scenario. Again, like we, yeah. there were and there are ideas here. There are there are things they latch on to that I think are wrong, but there are other ideas that I'm like, no, you, you like the conception of a uh, puppet episode is not wrong. The conception no. of and I that's one of the episodes I like. Uh, from from season four I think there are like five that I will stand up for and be like these are good episodes these are quality community episodes on par with like communication studies from season one like not my favorite episode of all time but like remarkably solid we'll watch this at any point and not feel bad you know Uh, and you know I don't know you give me puppets and songs I'm easy I'm easy Um, and then you have then you have ideas that I think are rotten to the core, but I, I... What do you do with Ken Jong? I mean, you can't get rid of him. You don't want to get rid of him, but the last thing you had him do was nearly kill everybody. Right. That's what I was talking about. Well, like, how do you recover from season three, even if you're not Dan, right? Yeah, I, like, or even if you are Dan, I'm sorry. Like, yeah, I think you can do, I think you can do, um, I think you can bring in Changnesia as a joke and then hit him in the head with a shovel and actually have him forget. And then you have a reason to care for him. Like I mean, you, you, yeah. you, he, he comes in with the plan of being, I'm going to lie about my memory, which is a traditional kind of, that's a kind of a trope of television. And yeah. then the second episode, somebody brains him with a shovel, mm-hmm. some goofy, you know, make Rube Goldberg system, have him get whacked in the head with a shovel where he actually doesn't remember. And then you've got somebody you can introduce and him being wacky and you have somebody to kind of work on these. You still get to do that, that crazy documentary, which is not a bad episode. It's not my top tier, but you've got a, you've got a way to introduce that where it's not him constantly faking being Kevin the entire time. Right. Um, That's of, my only solution to it: is you hit him in the head with a shovel. I, I mean, my my pitch for it is to just like make it's like it's self-contained to the documentary episode. You just like like maybe you do the bit at the end of History One Hundred One where it's like he adds the note, and then the next episode is a the Chinese documentary. It does not. Yeah. sustain itself over the course of the season and no, also this no, season was like remotely. firefly levels of episodes aired out of order <laughs> so like chinesia goes on for so long and it, payoffs come after like setups come after payoffs because they just like shook and mixed all these episodes around in in a kind of random haphazard fashion Oh yeah, every couple they back up. So the yeah, you know, the Germanic invasion is supposed to be second, not the Halloween. Right. It's just in so yeah. like the character relationships uh, don't work, don't make sense. Why why did you just have a conversation about not going anywhere and the next episode you're sleeping together? Exactly. Like that it's it's just they were there were so many things that worked against this which, season but 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 that was actually in the proper order those two episodes that's that's oh the, well that's so that's but that's the that's the problem that's why i say this is about the, the that that keeping a lid on an argument is it fits what's the major problem with chevy he's chevy chevy, need, chevy needs somebody to, look chevy says some of his best lines where he's the nicest character in season four 
I suspect that wasn't enough for Chevy. Mm -hmm. and the, and his desire to constantly want more is what pushed him to say something he should never said in public and got him kicked out of the show right that um uh, you know i like the from what i remember i haven't watched this episode in eight years but yeah. i remember liking the barbershop sure plot line subplot c and her story of dance who rescues this thing exactly yeah his um, this is he's i mean they there's this really common thread of Chevy doesn't know what we're doing. Uh, Chevy doesn't know what's going on. Chevy doesn't understand how to reach to these rubber walls. What He doesn't understand why he's doing this. Because mm -hmm. he hasn't seen enough of the show and doesn't care enough about the character or, or, or just doesn't understand the idea behind it, whatever the combination of things are. Mm -hmm. Chevy's unaware of what's going on, but Chevy wants to be treated well and he wants to be important. Well, okay. they do that in season four and he torches it. It's it's it was never going to be enough. It was never, there was there yeah. was no enough that could fill up that space because the space is uh to speak about someone I don't know. This the the space they're trying to fill is the void at the center of Chevy Chase's soul. And yeah. that cannot be filled by any amount of praise. Uh as, yeah, as you, anyone you even who worked with Fletch? him in 75. Yeah. You know, like yeah. they'll tell you the same thing. <laughs> yeah, re-release Fletch, uh maybe. And if it went really well in movie theaters, he might feel that void that way. But that's right. it. You've got to go back 20, 40 years to get to that, what he needed. And, and I think that's what happens to him. So the network says, you know, we want more civilization. We definitely want more uh, of Kim Jong on there, even though they don't have a way to solve that problem. And they let this thing run long. Uh, they bring in the darkest timeline to the finale, uh, which they find out that it's not just going to be a, a, a season finale, but a, a series finale. It, it changes while they're doing it. And then yeah. to say, okay, and, and, and write, you know, Dan level episodes. That, that, that's, right. that's a really heavy weight. Yeah. That's, that's another fundamental error that happens here is that like the darkest timeline should have stayed in season three. Like should, that should, should have been the last time we meaningfully talked about the darkest timeline. Um, Inspector space time should have stayed there. Uh, Cause that was their big thing when, when they went to comic-con 2013 or whatever. And uh, I guess it would have been 2012 and, and it's David Garaschio and Moses port. They come out as the new showrunners, And the first thing they're like, okay guys, inspector space time convention. <laughs> And I and it's like, OK, I get what we're going for here, because that sounds like, hey, we're paying attention. We we hear what fans like, but it, like, I mean, it's also a problem with Inspector Spacetime as a concept within communities that it never expands beyond a Doctor Who reference. Like it never becomes it's anything. It's never meant to be more than that. It's meant to be a thing you joke about. It's meant to be like, you know, he, you know, he gets his positrons changed and he becomes kind of rapey. You're just trying to make jokes off of it. It's yeah. there for that purpose for Troy and Abed to have consistent clothing for certain gags. That's that's it. Yeah. And it and so like again at a base level, like I do understand why you would if you're the new showrunners of community come in and think that that is a good concept for what yeah. you're doing, no. but it's, it's a misunderstanding of what that thing is 
within the show that you are now in in charge of but again i mean i think well, look, and andy, are not bad writers like no no and, andy said repeated has said repeatedly since that season was over and he, and remember andy's there in season five so he's really just him and a handful of people are there through five so he's in two three four and five so you're in four and five that's a rare group yeah andy says uh the, the new showrunners were actually trying to pull them back more often than not from going into the direction they went. Yes. So he, he's made the argument like, you know, stop. We don't need to blame them because blame us. Cause you know, we, we had stuff we've been talking about in the writer's room for years. The, this, the convention was something they talked about doing for years. Yeah. Um, the Halloween Scooby-Doo that we get to watch today is something they've been talking about four years so here's their opportunity where they get to do it and, and you know ultimately it's just there's just parts of it that are sloppy and, and and it's not sloppy because the people are doing a bad job is they've got the wrong they got so much pressure on them to do it it's it's just brutal for them to, it's too hard to pull off with the time frame they've got the resources they've got with ch you're writing a show with a character that you basically have to kick off the set for like what the last five episodes uh, I think it's he's he's straight up not in two full episodes, right? Yeah, but he's um, like he, in the finale. There's no shot of him with another human being. Uh, exactly. Not in, like yeah, the yeah, the story is my understanding is that Chevy Chase it says a racial epithet in front of Yvette Nicole Brown and Donald Glover, and that is Chevy Chase's last day working. That's on his TV. last day working on the show. But except he for is, I guess that cameo in season five. But, but he is uh, filmed separately several times, and you, so he's not in. Uh, he's, he's not, not an in, intro. He's not an intro to knots because it happened between then and there. So mm -hmm. it, he's not in felt inside of uh, uh, his his voiceovers there in felt. He okay? and, yeah. He, oh, he's only so he's physically not there, and the, exactly he's only and he's not in knots. And then he's not in Heroic Origins. They have he's a not a, is bad... he in Human Anatomy with Jim Rash? Do you remember him in that one? Oh, uh, I haven't watched that one. And it, it's again, been a while, like but it's a really years. good episode. It's one of the better episodes from it. But I, I'm know, excited. And he's not, and he's only in the finale by himself. Yeah. So maybe yeah. it is like a full five. Wow. Yeah, he's out like five episodes. So you have this like like the the introduction to knots. That's not supposed to be Chang. That's supposed to be Pierce. And mm. they have to rewrite it. For Chang, and, and wow. oddly enough, it worked really well. Yeah, you know, comparatively. I think uh, I think they've they've overcomplicated the matter of subbing in Chang for Pierce several <laughs> times over the course of the show. Oh yeah. Uh, oh yeah. I I mean, you listen to the show, so you would have heard that I'm like maybe Chevy's last episode should have been the season two paintball finale. <laughs> um, <laughs> like that's a pretty good out for that character. That would have been like, great. And yeah. he gets to go out on top, and you're just left with the devastation, and then you just sit Chang in the chair just dropping I, i've never this, understood yeah, why they felt that was so difficult <laughs> because they, yeah i think it's because they don't they actually can't get rid of chevy i think that's part yeah, of it which is like weird of chevy because he doesn't seem to want to be there i guess you know everybody likes getting paid no um, well they, they say there's three separate chevy stands stand-ins in history 101 wow there's three separate ones for it to all work so they're, they're that early group shot where jeff is trying to tell them that he's 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 you know, he took summer classes, so all he's got left is this history class. That group shot, you, you start seeing the camera change angles to, to show the different mm. people talking. You notice that Chevy's no longer standing behind them because Chevy's yeah. not there. 
Wow. Uh, that that the whole thing about counting the balls is something they did at the end because they didn't keep up with, oh, we didn't show Jeff's progress of collecting these balls. So that whole bit is for them showing collection of these things. Wow. And and th there's just a lot of little, they just got caught in a time crunch, which they were used to with Dan, but Dan's voice helped corral it a little. Uh-huh. You know, the, and, and and what happened is Andy's first time really doing the same things happened on, on History 101, where he has to go through and just cut pages of dialogue. Yeah. Uh, that used to be what Dan did. And so Andy's got to learn that on the fly. Learning on the fly is really hard. Yes. <laughs> Notoriously <laughs> so. Yes. And so you have this, you have this episode that comes out. And look, every season opener is heavy. Uh, pilots are, you know, somewhat unique, but you go back and look, what do you have to do in anthropology? Well, you have to fix the group because he you just have to recover the from member. Pascal's triangle revisit. Yeah, right? you have to recover from Pascal at the end of season two. You have to ease arguably the easiest fix is like you have to you have to accept Chevy and get them into a new class. That's that's honestly season biology 101's got the easiest move. Right. Uh repilot has to do what? Completely forget season four. Yeah. Uh, has from Dan's to like, perspective, from Dan's perspective, uh, and, then, and I, I have opinions about yeah. how he's spoken out about season four, but I'm sure that will come I, up I, I, I did proper. too. I did too. Um, and, and, and season then, six is in season six is what you have to, you have to make adjustments because now for some reason they think we paid attention to the fact that, uh, you know, granted we paid attention to every little detail, but, but that, now the cafeteria has columns <laughs> and, uh, and we're going to explain that by having the roof collapse from Frisbee's. Right. And like you have to explain intro. away two cast members, intro a new cast member, intro what I think is a whole new like visual language for the show. Like yeah. that Yahoo season looks so different. And I don't think it's different in a bad way, but looks no, no. so different from the show that had previously existed. And part of that is budgetary and that you're shooting oh, yeah, in a yeah. basement. They, they're they're uh, shooting in a basement, they're broke, and they're introducing a new character. Right. And, and, and they need, thankfully, it's Paget Brewster who is incredible. The uh, and, uh, humble outsider that came in and nailed it, you know, absolutely came in and nailed it. And then in the very next episode, they have to introduce Elroy Potashnik. I'm glad both of them are there. They added to the show. If they had 22 episodes, I think they could have killed exploring those two characters more. But they, what did they have? They have 13. Yeah. Introduce, introduce, go. Yeah. Very little, you know, there's not enough Elroy. I mean, when we get Elroy, uh, particularly at the wedding. Good Lord, that's some of the funniest things they've ever done. Uh, but him with the the, the Wi-Fi and the bird, it doesn't work as well. Uh, because I, you don't, agree with you don't know like it as that. well. But I, I do know. I like the episode, but no, it doesn't work as well because we don't know him. No, agreed. Uh, yeah. I think his best is when they don't plot line him when he is just like, like his elements in basic crisis room decorum are so good. some of the highlights of that episode. So and then good. we mentioned the wedding episode. Um, they kind of write, they write about very early of the finale. Which he had like, to actually leave. So he's, he's right. not in the finale because he has somewhere he has to go. I mean, he yeah. talked about that. Keith had, to, Keith had somewhere he had to be. Yeah. Well, uh, no, he, he had another things. I think uh, it's not Greenleaf, but it's something close. I mean, he had another thing come up. So exactly. So they had, had him, they had him in that room to film all those shots that he's in. And that's all they had him for. Yeah. And I think they, they use it as a good uh, thematic idea for the rest of that great, 
series finale, right? Oh. Like the him leaving sets the stakes of what we're looking at. Here. Yes, no, and, they 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 solved the problem, and they can do that because they've got people experienced with that habit. Uh, they've got Dan, they've got McKenna, uh, people who've run a show for several years at this particular yeah. show, so they know how to weave in. Oh, we've got it, we've got it literally for one day. We have to nail this part. So they Absolutely. do. Uh, and he's been, and he was, uh, by the way, if you didn't get an opportunity, when the show was airing on Yahoo, uh, every Tuesday, he would get on Twitter and answer 10 questions minimum. Oh, that's great. And, and talk with the fans. And he was, he was great, friendly. Uh, I, he, my, if you ever look at my personal account, which is irrelevant for everything related to community, <laughs> but if you look at my personal account header, it's uh, it's me print screening the tweets between us from one day where I said, <laughs> "Hey, I'm I'm going to tell people that you know me and Keith David are close personal friends uh, based on the tweets we've had today." And he responded, "You know, make sure to print this one, buddy." <laughs> and so it's visible in the header. <laughs> I love Keith David. I've never He's heard great. I've never heard anyone who does know him or doesn't know him say a bad never. word about him. I've never, never heard him. He's just never. one of those guys. He kills everything. Never seen him. Kills be bad. everything. Gorgeous, gorgeous voice. Oh, it's a it's a gift. Uh, it's part of the reason. Yeah, play Halo 3 just to listen to him talk as arbiter. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> uh play the Mass Effect video game franchise. Uh he's in the first he's in three of those. Yeah, um, just he's we uh, if if, we, if we y'all have so taken nothing else away <laughs> from the last 50 some odd minutes yeah love keith david <laughs> yeah yeah we spent 50 minutes of just saying how great keith david is we're just going to agree the entire time it's yeah it's, i'll have you i'll have you back sometime in season six so we can just talk about talk how about keith. awesome keith david is yeah uh no, well no i i listened to the commentary for one-on-one uh related yeah. to one-on-one and, and what you hear is andy apologizing um because it, it, it already aired and people were talking about it and they got more negative replies than they they really wanted uh abed tv was always meant to be a joke that because they wanted people to hear that laugh track and and they they thought it was funny uh, uh-huh. but the but the problem is the problem structurally is it's a joke on the audience not a joke with the audience yeah and, and that's why it didn't work yeah, and I I also think you know I get why like it's it's you're writing this in 2012. It's the Catching Fire is destroying the box office. I get why you would why the studio would ask you to do a Hunger Games riff, yeah. but it's too it's too topical. Like yeah, it Community was never parodying the big movie. Like in season six, they do a whole episode parody of The Sting. <laughs> Sting. Yeah, from like, the 70s. From the seven, like the best picture winner of like 72 or whatever the, like, yeah, uh, yeah. not 72, that was The Godfather, but you know what I mean. Um, it just, it's, it, it feels too like They do my dinner with guy-y. Andre for crying out loud and <laughs> right? every one of us had to Google it to find out what it was. <laughs> we didn't know what that was. Um, wait, either... wait, you're a film guy. Did you know that movie before you saw that episode? No, I did not. Yeah. I only I saw had, it because of that episode. Oh yeah, I've seen it since, and uh, you know, I'm glad that not, the choice for me. <laughs> but no, I just didn't enjoy that at all. Not like, not for me. I like Wallace Shawn. I think he's a pretty cool guy. Love that. Love the hey, the actors are great in it. It's just, right. but that's all it is. It just reminds me of most '70s movies where the goal was never about making money at the box office. <laughs> yeah, where it's you, just about it's about making it. This is the concept of art, and the more miserable it is, kind of better. Except. Uh, 
what was it? There's a whole, there's a whole, there's a movie, uh, uh, defending your life. Do you remember the movie defending your life? It's the Albert um, Brooks movie. Uh, yeah. In defending your life, they're sitting in the restaurant and the guy's sitting there eating something that looks like it is black crude oil over spaghetti noodles. You wouldn't like it. Yeah. You yeah, wouldn't it's like it. Rip, it's ripped Yeah. Yeah. And, and Rip's saying, you know, you have to have a really high intelligence to be able to eat this and enjoy it. And goes, cause if you're, if you're dumb or don't know it, it tastes like shit. That's the language he uses. And, and they're like, well, why are you eating it? He goes, because I can mm. eat it and enjoy it because I spent so much. And that's, that reminds me of all the 70s movies. They're like <laughs> serving this plate of oil covered spaghetti and saying only the really smart people will enjoy it. <laughs> and then in the middle of it, they do Star Wars. That's why it takes off because there's right. so many unenjoyable movies where the people are miserable the entire time. And then, and then like Hal Ashby's shampoo. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Marathon Man is a great movie from the seventies, but Midnight Cowboy, is it something you really can enjoy or does sure. it feel like pain? Right. Is Panic and Needle Park like a movie you're going to fucking sit down, crack open a cold one? No, um, no, no. It's, right. and, and, it's, and, and that reminds me of that the joke in History 101 about having the background Abed TV being a multicam sitcom. Yeah. It, it doesn't work. And it didn't work because we weren't in on the joke. We were out of the joke. The joke was, yeah. uh, was about our expectations. And they didn't, that was a bad starting point. But all of the series openers, season openers have a lot to do. And so when you try to do basically that, uh, they don't have a lid on it still. I'm sticking to that structure. You don't, you can't do that. You, yeah. you have to build trust. That's their most important thing that, hey, we got this show. We, you got us. Because if they start with the, the Halloween episode, we're, we're good. Right. It would have it would have completely reframed how you see the rest of the season. That it's like every first taste of something. The moment you get that first taste, if it's good, you can keep going. If it's something that makes you question your choices, like that that very last line from uh, History One Hundred and One is uh, Shirley going, "Oh Lord, no!" Uh, that was supposed to be a catchphrase line you heard multiple times. They had to cut it for time. So that, it just is this thing you only hear it one time. You're going, so is this? Weird. Yeah, it's like this is out of place. This what doesn't is work. Why are you doing this? Why would you have this happen? And the reason you don't know it's because they cut, as usual, they've cut all the Shirley stuff, which they did a lot of. Yeah. So yeah. they, I mean, yeah. it's 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 the problem with history 101 is it's incomplete. Right. And I think if they could go back and redo it, they go, okay, we'd strip out this. It'd be less time with this. We, well, sure. Yeah, but what do you what do you have to do? You have to set up Annie as somebody who doesn't want to be in hospital administration. Uh, you have to set up uh, the graduation. You have to figure out how to get Ken Jong back on the screen without it being something. You know, arguably, them all yelling around the table is the only good part of that part of bringing Ken back in. Mm -hmm. um, you have to reset where the dean is because clearly the air conditioning repair is no longer, you know, stranglehold on his finances because he right. put together entire Hunger Games thing. But uh, I mean, MVP of the episode by far is Jim Rash. Jim uh, Rash, because he pulls that off and it's weird. Yeah, so weird. I love it. It's so weird. How do you, how do you have these two really healthy uh, unicorn people? Uh, standing beside you the entire time because John Goodman doesn't control your your fighting because John Goodman yeah and this is the first thing you go by 
And then you have a you have a breakaway dress. You've been wearing two dresses this entire time, so you have a breakaway one just for this dance you might get to do with uh, Jeffrey. Oh, I mean, it's they 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 try to pack so much into it. I, you know, I understand the look. I I I had never done any of these things. They're trying to put stuff in there to make sure the fans get it and enjoy the joke. And the problem is, they put too much in it. Yeah. That's it. There's too much in it. They unfortunately, it feels like they maybe tried a little too hard. And they, that sounds like a weird critique. <laughs> well, think about think about this. How many times in an episode prior to season four did they reference a running joke from the previous episode? So do you have in a single episode, one through three, where somebody does the much, much, where somebody does um, uh, let him finish, where they do all the mm-hmm. little that little that little conversational riff stuff they did regularly do they have any episode that does it twice in the same episode me i haven't i haven't run uh that's a stopwatch a, but yeah, right. I, yeah but yeah i don't have a count on it but that's you end up getting in every scene they're doing a bit from a previous episode yeah and it just feels like see see look we're still and I, yeah we're still here and, you know and, yeah and and that's that that's not knowing that we trust them on that Mm-hmm. And so they 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 do the switcheroo with Abed TV, and then they overplay the references. And, yeah. and that's what happens to the History 101. To me, that's a big problem with History 101 is uh, they didn't understand us. We didn't understand what they're going to do. They had to build trust, and they 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 went for the joke. I completely understand it. You you write jokes, you write comp sitcoms, but they went for the joke and they overlaid it too many times. Yeah, I mean they like the. Like when uh, um, Troy and Britta come back from the wishing well, the wishing well worked fine. They yeah, come fine. back and they're soaking wet and, and Troy looks at Jeff and goes, don't ask. And Jeff looks like, don't tell that joke worked. Yeah. Classic. That joke worked really well. That was perfectly timed. It laid out well, every it hit all the corners. Yeah. It did everything, but they have a lot of other ones where they're, they're not doing the new. Cause I mean, the community's inventive damn it yeah. don't be afraid to do the new where they did the new it was interesting like the 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 greendale babies bit was actually okay i like the greendale mm-hmm. babies bit it's the abit tv in the middle that caused the problem uh it's and it, making that switch near in like the third act you either needed to have done another level previously or not do the subsequent it's it's just the exact wrong amount of 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 that you either need to do like full inception four layers or yes just do like the one uh layer uh and let us not forget that jeff punches leonard right in the face (laughs) (laughs) like and it looks like he fucking knocks him out cold (laughs) oh yeah standing there so it's upsetting yeah, he's, he's, leonard is an yeah, old he's, 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 but he, he's behaving what's the problem with the inherent idea of new jeff is that we don't want new jeff we want jeff yeah i kind of like jeff yeah <laughs> jeff watching was, this show about jeff for a while the, the, the guy at the top of the you know list of actors for this episode in the series i right. want that guy don't playing with the idea and being new the whole time took it away from us yeah i mean the hipster and everything they had with the the look the abed and the the Abed TV part that really worked was the new Pierce. That was so perfect. I love Fred Willard. Always Fred Willard uh, was in everything. The, the the great and late Fred Willard was was fabulous. 
um, and and they even used him correctly for the way Abed saw Pierce. Yeah, so, I almost wish they'd given him. I mean, maybe it's just because it's Fred. I just wish they would have maybe given him even more to do. Like if Abed TV had been focused on like new Pierce, I don't know. May I'm I'm that would have worked better. Writing an eight year old episode of television, so that doesn't seem yeah, right yeah. there. No. Um, uh, no, I, I, but we have we bagged. On, I'm sorry. Have we? Have we? Uh, we haven't discussed what I want enough that we can now talk about paranormal parents. Or do you feel uh, like we? Sure. I, th- I think we've kind of conclusively talked about everything. Okay. Uh, I I feel like we've we've covered a lot of good territory here, and I thank okay. you for uh coming on and stopping by finally uh we for an hour i'm made sorry it happen oh it's yeah. okay uh, it'll be Cut uh, but it it's a very easy edit like nothing nothing's coming out it's a very <laughs> this flowed it was smooth um so that'll be a-okay uh communities is the twitter account that's two s's two Commun- s's that is name yvette named us that's nice. that's from her that's uh, beautiful yeah. when in 2013 when we didn't know what was going to happen next she um, christened that ship Bush the champagne bottle. Yeah, the, the beginning, the, the beginning of this count, and we were five thousand followers at the tenth anniversary, and we're around fifteen thousand now. I mean, it's just the, the the fandom has been great. It's the place to be. It's the it's the luckiest thing I do. Absolutely, no. It's been a it's been a blessing the last <laughs> what has it been ten months now? It's yeah, been a, it's been a it's yeah. Been when a we get to blessing. April, it'll be on Netflix for a year, and it's it's just really exploded since then. I mean, we we got to talk to McKenna, and we we got to talk to a bunch of people that are actually part of the show. Uh, Joel, I, I don't think we talked to Joel. Joel just kind of rolled us and kept talking, and that was perfectly fine. That's Joel, uh, yes, Joel. We <laughs> That's got what we, you get. We, yeah, as a group, we got to talk to Megan. Uh, we've gotten talked to Andy. Doing that bit with Andy, that was a lot of fun. I mean, this has been. Yeah, the pandemic's bad. Don't let me you know, suggest anything else. But, you know, from a from a fan standpoint, this is the best it's been since the show was on the air. Yeah. This is it. This is the this is the pinnacle. Uh, there's more people talking about it to some degree now than it has been in the past. And I I can't express enough how much uh, when Mike and I talk. We're just always constantly going. Can you believe how many people are talking about the show? Because this wasn't happening when he and I were just, you know, people on Twitter talking about it when it was going on. Mm-hmm. So uh, this is this has been a absolute blessing, and 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 that includes the fifteen different podcasts about community. God bless them. Everyone oh. can choose their own. There's enough flavors. Yeah, that you can, it's pick your favorite. Oh, I'm not going to be happy till we get to Baskin Robin level of community <laughs> podcast. Then then everybody can have their version. Absolutely correct. Uh, so this has been uh, tremendous fun. I am going to go uh, make dinner. Uh, but Matt, it was very uh, lovely to have you on. This was uh, truly, I really enjoyed. Thanks, talking man. With you about this. I could really, um, well, particularly with you, I do enjoy talking to you about it because you've got a. Not only do you have a wealth of knowledge about the show, you have a wealth of knowledge about how these things work, and you have a very. Uh, I don't want to say peculiar. I want to say, uh, you have a way of putting things together. I don't always do. And mm-hmm. I find that having somebody who thinks about the show lovingly and thinks about it, its purpose and what it can accomplish. I really enjoy that. And you do that a lot. And that's, that's, I enjoy talking to you. I enjoy listening to you on the podcast. I want your, yours is three people talking. I can't listen to you at extra speed. That just doesn't work. Uh, so every time it's, you've got the whole group. Um, I have to slow down and listen to everything. <laughs> oh and, yeah. Oh, and the one I'm about to release, the Fourth Witcher episode. It's it, it's. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh yeah, you're I, not ready. <laughs>
This has been a Talk Back Podcast. That was quite a show. Very entertaining. Please tell your friends about this show. Boopy doopy doop boop sex. Larry, I'm on DuckTales.